Tonight's episode of the Tuesday Night Cigar Club is brought to you by Drew Estate. Come experience the rebirth of cigars at www.drewestate.com and download the free Drew Diplomat smartphone app today to discover nearby retailers, RSVP to special events, redeem points to win exclusive Drew Estate merchandise, and much, much more. Sisters of the Leaf, coming to you live once again from, well, all over the fucking place. It's the Tuesday Night Cigar Club. Tonight the boys congregate via live video to discuss the high school hijinks of 1987's Senior Week. And while talking their way through the film, these knuckleheads will be reviewing the La Gloria Cubana Spirit of the Lady Cigar from Forge Cigar Company paired with a plethora of tasty craft beers. High school hijinks, spirited ladies, a shit ton of booze, and Tut apparently sporting a sweet ponytail now. It sounds like our favorite crew of drunken numbnuts might finally be ready to graduate to the big time, folks. Let's party. So sit back, light them up, and enjoy the show. A little sippy sip. Look at Tut punching the screen. He's ready to go. Doctor's got his freshly cleaned glasses on, ready to see things for how they really are. Can't see anything. The glasses do nothing. Uh, Yak boy's sleeping. It's never a good sign. Oh, there he is. Oh, wait, he moved. Oh, there he is. There he is. Man, boys, it's that time of year again, and school is almost out for the summer. Tut, your school's out, right? Out. We are free. I'm I'm a I'm as free as a bird. The uh, don't don't if I hear free bird, I'm shutting your little Zoom square downtown. You can't change me. You know, this uh, bird will never change. No, we just can't afford the royalties for. Oh free yeah, bird. damn it. Sorry. Uh, and the school kids, high school kids, all them are going to be out soon. So uh, prepping for tonight's movie. I guess maybe they'll be out by the time this episode airs. Um. Tonight's movie, Senior Week, which involves a group of friends in the last week of their senior year in high school, uh, it really got me reminiscent about all our adventures. Uh, Tut, we didn't know you back then, uh, but uh, me and Yak Boy and the Doctor, or should I say misadventures, uh, we had back in the day. It's kind of had me thinking back, and I, I was like, you know what? I was like, most of these movies, they, all these crazy adventures, 
get condensed into like a week or two. It's just one thing after another. I was like, I think we had enough adventures. If you strung them all together, we'd have one hell of a movie on our hands. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Remember that epic strip club trip our senior year? Still trying to forget. (laughs) That could be that could be a scene in the movie. Three young guys, their first time in a strip club, and Tut, they made us wear these hot pink t-shirts because we were minors, and they wanted us to make sure we stood out. And, but just like in an 80s movie, they sat us at this table uh, kind of off to the side, and we're like, well, this sucks. But then this dude showed up with this hanger of stripper clothes that he was going to sell to the girls that night, and he parked it right next to us. <laughs> so we got to watch the... The chicks try on new outfits. I mean, life finds a way. Life finds a way. Uh, they laughed about it. Look at all those fools over there at that table paying for them to take their clothes off. Yeah. They're doing awesome. it for free over here. Uh, remember when the cops raided our late night parties at the local movie theater where I work and they made us pour all our liquor out on the curb and we had to act all sad and stuff. But then we went inside because we had two cases of Zima in the ice box in the back. Senior year, baby, party time. That that could be seen in the movie. Huh. Zima. I think we lived a pretty party 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 rific. I think uh, if anyone looks at us at now, at this age, they understand uh, we led a pretty party rific life. Uh yeah, sadly it didn't stop. <laughs> They're just uh, like, oh damn, no. Speaking of lies, Todd. Yaks, uh, well, you guys might both remember this. Remember when I bravely told my dad that I didn't want his life and I ended up quarterbacking our football team to the district championship? Despite, remember our powerhouse uh, asshole coach who kind of ruled the town was against me, but I went ahead and won the district championship? No, I don't remember that. That that sounds like Varsity Blues. Exactly what it is, Todd. I took a stand that day. That could be a really cool scene in the movie. I don't, I'm sorry. I was making a no. I didn't hear what Tut said. Um, oh, okay. Well, sometimes I watch so many movies and I drink so much. And yeah, yeah. I mean, no, no. I get a little confused. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think it happens to everybody already. Oh, definitely. Uh, but y'all have to remember that time, Yak Boy. Senior year, high school when we were forced to give in to our blackmailing principal's demands and we competed in that highly competitive whitewater rafting race in order to grad as the only way we could graduate. I do remember that. That would be a scene in the movie. That 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 sounded like up the Creek. Yeah. With our Uh, boy, Ted Mathis. We were up the Creek. If we didn't play along. Oh, so I didn't make out with Jennifer Runyon. I don't think so. You may have, but I don't recall a white water rafting race. You're you're pretty hammered, Doc. Uh, I mean, I can't deny that, but I, I was not involved in any white water rafting races. All right. Well, actually, my graduation day story—the only one I can actually remember because it was told over and over again—and uh, this one is a hundred percent verifiably true, and it's far less cinematic than any white water rafting race or district championship football game. The legend has it that as I was leaving the parking lot after our graduation ceremony, I rolled my tinted truck window down to greet the older brother of a classmate who was leaving the ceremony. He graduated several years prior, 
And I handed the guy an ice cold beer out the window and wished him a happy graduation and then drove off. And he was said he just stood there in the parking lot looking at his beer, wondering why I wished him a happy graduation. And it was because I was totally shit-faced. I could barely make it across the stage. That would be a, a sad scene in a, in a high school movie. No, I think that's a pretty good one. I was about to say, yeah. to each his own. I kind of like that scene. I like that you're an 18 year old senior and you just had beer in your truck after you came after you got your diploma. Yeah, it was like what 10 in the morning. I just handed this dude a cold beer and said, "Congratulations, have a great graduation." I just took off. That's a true story, <laughs> apparently. Uh, if anything, I, they can make like a Lifetime movie network out of that. The Wrong Graduate. That's definitely that's definitely a Lifetime movie. The wrong life choices. <laughs> the wrong parking lot. The wrong parking lot. Uh, well, I'll tell you what I did not do wrong, boys. I did not do wrong when I sat down to start this podcast with the three of you guys. That was, that was pretty sweet, what I just said, right? Yeah, yeah, it was. Yes, absolutely. I'm, I'm so taken aback, I don't know how to respond. Thank you. Uh, I'm running a little low on cash, actually. I was wondering if after the show I could talk to you guys. Figured that was choreographed. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to the Tuesday Night Cigar Club, episode 138. 138. All right. And I do not regret starting the Tuesday Night Cigar Club with you boys. I might after tonight's show, but right now I'm, I think it was still a really good decision. Um, for some reason, I felt like we did one, episode 137 like three times, like, we kept getting confused. Like, did we do 137? Was this? So I am just really glad to be over the 137 question mark. I'm I'm positive this is 138. Do you think we've actually done like 162 shows? And I think we did like four or five episode 137s. Man, it was such a blaze with finals hitting in between now and then and 137. I don't. I, I just. I I agree. It did seem like there was like forever since we actually recorded 137 and released 137. <laughs> yeah, it's weird, and we've been really on schedule with our shows, so it's, yeah. it's bizarre. I just remember Tuck calling me and like, hey, I'm putting the video together. It was 137, right? And I was it was 10 a.m. and I was out in my truck last week drinking beers, <laughs> and uh, some things just never goes. Yeah, 137. Happy graduation, Tuck. <laughs> That we said to the mailman when he came by and handed your mail, he just gave him a beer at 11 in the morning. Happy graduation. Happy graduation. Uh, the more things change, the more they stay the same, boys. Cheers. And in no way is that depressing. Ah, oh, man, I cannot wait to talk about this interesting. Thing. I know. I guess uh, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to the beer analysis. All right. Well, let's, uh, we'll start it off. Let me introduce this cigar. Uh, so we can all light up and, and get puffing away. <laughs> all right, everybody's anxious for the beer, so let's move to the cigar. Uh, oh, God, I did that thing where I don't listen. Sorry. <laughs> you know what, Todd? No, no, no. Here's, no, how no. Mu- here's how much I appreciate you, brother. Yeah, boy, let's, let's do things a little unorthodox tonight. Let's talk about the beers first. All right. Todd, I value, and Todd wants to know about the beers. Actually, so I, I value sure. your leadership and the fact that if we did the cigars, that means I get to light up the cigar. Well, I knew that it would piss you off more if I skipped to the beers and you had to sit there and not light up your cigar. So that's what you get for well, buttoning. Now I'm going to be pissed that we're, I'm not going to be able to light this thing. And we're the acrimony begins. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to it shortly. Uh, what hey, you got, Yax? I, that cold draw has an amazing sweetness to it. Just suck on that for a while. 
<laughs> I'm just saying uh, the dry mouth inhale is pretty nice too. Uh, let's get the most flavors. <laughs> Yag boy, who you want to talk about first? Dealer's choice. Dealer's choice. As always, folks. Uh, well, as as, as Tut, you know, was like, hey, we talk about talking about beer. Do Tut first. It's Tut show tonight. Tut. Tut's running the show tonight. He's running the show. He's running the show with a delicious belching beaver. Belching beaver. You got a beaver beer, huh? Oh, yeah. Their peanut butter milk stout. Yeah. That sounds tasty. It and its name is Peanut Butter Milk Stout. Is that the actual just – they didn't even give the beer a name? It's just the just peanut, peanut Butter, butter milk, stout. milk Stout. He said that to me, and I'm like, all right, well, I'm looking for a name here. Like, yeah. go through <laughs> yeah. all this. Oh, it's just called Peanut Butter Milk Stout. That solves all of my problems. Uh, well, you know what? In a, in a world of crap beers with crazy, wacky names – uh, each one crazier and wackier than next. I appreciate they just tell you what the hell it is, and that's what it is. Well, when your brewery's named the Belching Beaver, you really don't have to come up with catchy names. Uh, no, you don't. You Except I do like the miso honey, miso honey half of bison. I thought that was kind of good. <laughs> that would have worked tonight as well. Anything from Belching Beaver would have worked beautifully tonight, I imagine. I uh, a couple shows ago had their Phantom Bride on our St. Patty's Day episode. Yes. And that, that was a, a phenomenal IPA. I really liked them. Uh, the peanut butter, peanut butter milk stout is a uh, 5.3% ABV, 30 IBUs. They threw in just for – it's uh, made with some uh, rolled oats and lactose. Should You should be getting some – and it is it is a milk stout. It's, it's a sweet stout, so it's going to yeah. have – just that little bit different than a normal stout. Yeah, it's more it's more milk stout than anything. The peanut butter is, I mean, I wouldn't even really call it present. It might be a hinted there, and maybe it presents itself a little a little down the down the pipe, if you will. But I don't think so. I think it's pretty muted. Uh, it's it's a good milk stout. It's a real good milk stout. Uh, well, it should be because it's an award-winning milk stout. And oh. it tasted. It's really like one of my one of my favorite milk stouts that I've had. Uh, I would. I think it edges left hand. Uh, yeah, I think it's. I think it's really really good. What well, what awards What awards did it win yet? In the 2014 World Beer Championship, it took silver for the milk stout category. You know, first some say loser. Some say the second place is the first loser. Well, yeah, because it made. Silver. Is it made with crunchy or creamy peanut butter? It's made with peanut butter. Peanut butter. <laughs> I imagine creamy would be easier to, to brew with. Well, if we're honest, it's well, peanut it's butter substance. Uh, substance. It's, it's crunchy. Do they really put peanut butter in there? That's a good question. Or do they just put a peanut butter flavored syrup in there? I'm sure with their beer wizardry, they have... Various little things that they put in to make the concoction. As, uh, as Chris Rock stated this week, I don't know what's in Fruit Loops, but I still eat them. So, Kate, do you think there's a couple of, like Keebler Elf type of guys just stirring up some peanut butter that goes into the brewing process? I think there's a lot of 
uh, wizardry going on at the Belching Beaver Brewery. Um, and I got to admire it. It takes some balls to name your brewery Belching Beaver. That's a hell of a brew. It might be my favorite brewery name. <laughs> Peanut uh, butter milk stout. Does it sound like a flavor of ice cream, though? Uh, it does sound ridiculous, and to be honest, well, I was actually, about to pass on it. Actually, that was one of their it. recommendations, was to actually have it with some ice cream. I was <laughs> going to pass on it because I'm just tired of all the just candy-flavored this and lactose-infused that, and I was just like, eh. But I saw that damn brewery name, and I was like, there's something Ooh. that just called to me. And uh, the guy who owns the something. store. We got a lot of beef in this movie. The guy, the guy who owns the store came over, and, he, and normally he gives me space to let me do my thing. And it was like, you look like you're, you're making a decision. It was like, can I help you with anything? I was like, well, I'm deciding between the Belching Beaver peanut butter style or the summer uh, the summer pills from St. Arnold or that uh, other one down there. And he was just like, if you haven't had the Belching Beaver, you need to try the Belching Beaver. And I was like, I will try it. Mm-hmm. Well, it definitely sounds uh, a milk stout, uh, especially low on the the peanut butter. Sounds like it should be fairly safe for cigar pairing. I guess we'll see. We'll see. Uh, all right. Now that we got Mr. Big Shot out of the way, how about we uh, kick it over and see what the doctors drink? The good doctor is having from Southern Star Brewing out of Conroe, Texas, their bombshell blonde. Oh, oh Southern that. Star. How have I we, wish you would shine. Have we had that before, Yanks? Yeah, uh, we have not had the not bombshell blonde. No, we had a Southern Star, though. We had the buried hatchet from Southern Star. Oh, that's right. All the way back on episode one. Yeah, that was a that was the thing. When we did the Expendables, Expendables three. Oh, jeez. <sighs> Was that the episode where Tut wore the Chicago Cubs ball cap and we went back and watched it and he was like, I'm never wearing a ball cap on the show again. <laughs> I, look, I, look, I look like I was eight years I look like I was eight years old. I'm like, Probably. How could you let me wear that ball cap? <laughs> Vincy, how is that thing? I keep seeing Southern Star. I think I've actually had Southern Star at O'Brien's historic downtown Temple, Texas. We have carried the bombshell blonde. It is very good. It's a blonde, so it's not uh, going to hit you over the head with any bitterness. It's got a nice, uh, easy taste to it. Like blonde should. Well, and the and the, the stats on that, it's uh, five and a quarter percent ABV and 20 IBU. So obviously, as he said, no bitterness. Doctor, to no bitterness. So the doctor's been spending a lot of time out on the golf course now that uh, the weather's nicer and uh, he's got his vaccines and. All right. I'm sensing a trend these last few weeks. You're you're looking for that perfect golf golf course beer, aren't you? Uh, you would be correct, sir. And uh, this is again, uh, as Yax pointed out, not too high in the alcohol volume, high enough. Uh, but uh, yeah, this is this is a uh, this is a kind of a summery beer. Good I can too. see this quite thirst on a hot day. Well, we're in summer, so you chose wisely, my friend. Well, I. I am drinking possibly what I would consider one of the most interesting, definitely summer beers um, that I, I've said. You know, you guys know me. I don't drink a lot of uh, Hefeweizen or Pilsners or uh, 
yaks. This thing, I was scared of it to be honest, but the teeny hopper. The teeny hopper from uh, Blue Owl Brewing. Blue Owl can get pretty out there. I'd be scared of it too. If you saw this on the can, the, the Juicy Sour Session IPA slash Grapefruit. I'm running away. I'm running away. That, I would, that would scare me. I think, you know, as Tut was just complaining about all the frou-frou-flavored <laughs> BS. And Kate just cracking it open like, yep, yeah. yeah when it's I, me. I did it. I I'll, bought all. I'm going to admit, I got I saw Teeny Hopper, and, and our, we got a lot of Teeny Hoppers in our movie tonight. And I saw the Sour Session IPA, and I've had some sours that I liked, and I had some sours I didn't. I did not see in that bold giant print grapefruit. It's, a, it's like a, another line item, like equal <laughs> equal to all that other stuff. But man, I gotta tell you, yes, the grapefruit's there, but my God, is it refreshing on the front end? Uh, I don't know what the IBUs are. I'm gonna guess in the fifty fifty range. Um, the grapefruit is not overpowering. It just adds a really nice uh, citrus element to it, but it's, I, I don't like grapefruit juice. I don't like grapefruit. It's not grapefruit heavy, but man, this shit I could chug doctor on a golf course until they asked me to leave because I, I don't golf. Golf chug off. Cade uh, Mincy. Fucked up a lot of people I know. So, Man, it's tasty, X. Tell me more. Uh, the Teeny Hopper, uh, it's stat-wise, it's 4.4%. And surprisingly, it says it's only 26 IBUs. So I think this is wrong because it's an IBA. Yeah, but you know what? It might be that bitterness from the grapefruit. Yeah, you well, the other it. thing is they said because of that, the way that it's made because of the, the sort of the mixture in the brewing process for making an IPA with sour, they said that you're going to get more of that sharp acidic It's that you would get from a sour. Yeah. That paired with an IPA where you're going to get that the more citrus floral aspect. It kind of confuses your brain box because you're drinking an IPA and you immediately start to think when you get something that's biting as it being a, a hot bitterness. But I think you're right. It's that, it's that uh, the grapefruit kind of being sh- a sharper, but it's not. Are you, are you getting the little tingles back here from it, like your normal sour? I think that's no, called tonsillitis. He's, yeah, he's having a stroke. no. My balls are kind of tingling. What does that mean? That means it's working. Okay. That's called testicitis. That means it's working. (laughs) (laughs) Would you say this 4.4 ABV? Yeah. Man, I haven't had to drink a beer that low in years. Um, But it's tasty. I'm not... I'll be curious to see what uh, a sour... Uh, juicy sour grapefruit IPA does with the cigar. To the cigars, to be fair, the cigar I'm going to space them out a lot at first, um, and then if it's not working, I do have a second beer. Once I saw that grapefruit, I went out and bought a another six or just in case. You just bought a bottle of vodka to mix it with <laughs> tasty grapefruit. Some culinary artists would describe that as flavor town. Well, the the only one that matters. Mr. Guy we love Guy Fieri. Dex, what are you doing, man? Uh, and we do love Guy Fieri. We do love Guy Fieri. Yeah, wait, what are you, what are you, what are you drinking? 
I am drinking the big boobly blonde. I mean, big bubbly blonde from Barrow Brewing, located in the wonderful town of Saladu, Texas. Saladu, Texas. Correction, it's a village, not a town. You know what? It's not even important anymore. <laughs> we the pronunciation is Salado. We towns for breakfasts. We're village, goddammit. Fuck that noise. Give me that Bud Light. I will say this. Uh, that is my, my home, I guess, that is my hometown, my home village. Uh, <laughs> my alma mater, Sam Houston State University, played uh, on ABC major network television for the football national championship on Sunday. Congratulations. Thank you very much. I had my mother over to the house. We got some uh, fire uh, fire cooked pizza from Barrow Brewing. Uh, and I also picked up a sixer of Bubbly Blonde for my mom to drink. Uh, she's a big fan of that beer. I'm not calling you a girl, Yaks. I'm just saying. Mom, you're drinking one of my You're drinking one of my mom's favorite beers. I like but, you continuing that. It's cool. It's cool. The big bubbly is five uh, percent uh, uh, and comes in very low IBUs because it is a blonde as well. Which of course the doctor and I blondes, huh? Uh-huh. Yes, yes, yes. We like our blondes. So, oh, and there's a new uh, guy, and I assume, of course. So my mom was drinking a beer all day Sunday with a higher ABV than I'm drinking now. On my drinking podcast. Well, you got it from somewhere. Looks like the joke's on me. <laughs> I was sniffing glue out in the parking lot. Uh, I would have if we didn't pull it out in the fourth quarter. What a game. Way to go, Sam Houston State Bearcats. Rawr. Go Cats. Go Cats. Uh, well, Yaks, that should be a, a very approachable beer with any cigar. Yes. Um, What's your favorite element of the bubbly blonde? I mean, it's got a very nice uh, front end. It just kind of it's crisp. Um, That's what I was. I was unsure. I was like, you know, I was looking at I was looking at everything, and I was like, yeah, it's like I've been kind of going, you know, heavy with IPAs and stouts, and I'm like, it's rolling into summer. I better try and change up the palate a little bit. And I was like, you know what? I don't want to like. I didn't know enough about the cigar. Just looking at it, it's like it doesn't look like it's going to be like, you know. No, it's not a Connecticut broadleaf. Right. So I was like, I want to give something, you know. I, I looked for something. I was like, you know what? I want a beer that's not going to conflict. Well, I'll say this. The Bubbly Blonde, uh, do you agree? It, it is a little more malty than a lot of blondes. It does have kind of a... That's the only way I can really describe it. It's got a little, there's a little, after that crispness, it's kind of got a little malty on the back end, or is that just me? I don't know, I agree. Yeah. I totally yeah, agree. Yeah, it's, t- it's real tough with blondes, because, you know, I mean, one of the things that I, I, I like blondes, but I don't like them to be too top heavy. I like to, I like to have a nice <laughs> full bottom. Uh, that's kind of, I mean, it's just a little bit weird. I mean, a lot of people I know like top heavy blondes. I like it to have a little bit more bottom, a little bit more, you know, heft back there. Um, I, I think you're not alone there, Todd. Personality um, is what's important for me at this age. Oh, you're talking about the. I don't know what we're talking about. And I the guess cigar. the cigar, the cigar. Um, 
Let's get right to it. Hey, speaking of cigars, uh, before we get in, uh, yeah, boy, is that a brand new Tuesday Night Cigar Club t-shirt you're wearing? It is a brand new Tuesday Night Cigar Club t-shirt. Comfy and soft. You lost a little more weight, needed a new shirt, went to the website. Look at you. Well, the uh, other one was like really getting like it. It was a, it feels nice like a to have canvas black tip. t-shirts, but once you have it and you wear it for so long, you're like, man, I love this gray t-shirt. Not to mention that hey, that material, you could t-shirt. literally put poles on either side, and it would protect you from the rain. <laughs> Those old shirts were pretty, uh, yeah, they were something. All right, well, uh, so uh, you endorse the Tuesday uh, Garclub's website. I Go do, back. wholeheartedly. And I recommend for all of your coffee drinking needs, to get the mugs that work. Uh, you like the coffee mug too? Okay. And Todd, I'm not going to leave you out. I see you're wearing your Weasel Fest t-shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the thing. Yeah. The boys, uh, Yak Boy and uh, Todd, are going to be heading out next weekend? Next weekend. Next weekend. To Roma Craft headquarters. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just this thing that cigar people do. It's no big deal. They're, they're going to be uh, doing cigar things with cigar people. Um and uh, no, they're very excited about that. I, uh, we, uh, the doctor and I, will be there in spirit. I don't know. Now that that place is turning hostile to cigar media, and we're technically cigar media, who knows? Uh, just so they have, should they I have not it? wear the TNCC shirt <laughs> that I just? There's going to be images of like Scarface with you no. Know, Yaks will have Scarface in a in a headlock, while Scarface's bodyguard is going to have Yaks in a headlock. I'll tell you what, that that almost got me to buy a ticket was seeing that uh, Scarface is going to be the closing band. Uh, old school ghetto boys Scarface fan. That That's going to be worth the, the price of admission right there. I think so. I think so. You, uh, you that's, boys what have, ho- that's what I'm hoping for anyway. You boys uh, have a blast. Um, I want a full report on our next show. Yeah, it's, you know, festival that festival things happen. Man, that's probably the extent of the report. I well, I mean, Cade, if I could, I could tell you what's going on at the festival, but you should really learn how to run a festival before you can even try to claim that you appreciate a festival. Maybe I will hold. Up. Maybe the doctor and I will have our own festival next weekend. Oh, we can have a festival. <laughs> Shit. You think just you got to be a certain person to have a we'll have a fucking festival? Yeah, we know uh, to have festivities. Hey, doctor's been drinking lolly things. How about the Bottom Heavy Blonde Festival? We appreciate blondes with uh, heavy bottoms and and top heavy ones. And we'll just sit around drinking different types of blonde beers all day. That's a festival. Sounds like a festival to me. Kinda and doctor, I don't want to go to your festival now. Doctor, if a bunch of top heavy or bottom heavy blondes show up and want to party, they're all yours. I know where we can find them. Where uh, I can find them, you'll you'll just you'll observe. Well, I'm gonna but, be running. I'm gonna be running a festival, doctor. You're running a festival. <laughs> our festival, though, you know what, man? Our festival is gonna be about Cade. It's not gonna have any bullshit. Our festival is gonna be about having a good time. Yeah, the fun zone. That's that's what a festival should be. Yeah, our festival is not gonna be any hipster bullshit. Fun it's not zone. gonna be any. It's gonna be a festival. You know who's catering it? Fucking Arby's. But they're better than the actual Arby's. It's a new franchise called Fucking Arby's Fuckin that opened Arby's. up here recently. <laughs> uh, 
Everybody that walks through the door gets a beef and cheddar thrown in their face. Whoa, 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 whoa. Single. Uh, now just now I don't want to go to your festival. A curly fry. <laughs> <laughs> I thought and it was I, on something, then came to go with throwing sandwiches in people's faces. Now I'm... I can... Now yeah. I don't. Now I don't want to go to our festival. <laughs> All right, I was gonna get some flat iron steaks from the Hillside Bar and Grill, and maybe some gin and crushed ice for summer drinks. But you know, what? I guess I'll have my own festival. Uh, we'll talk after the show, like we always do. Well, Tut, that is not your uh, chocolate peanut butter milk stout playing with you on that cold draw. This cold draw is one of the sweetest cold draws I've ever. That's straight up sweet and cap, isn't it? There's no way. There's no way you can tell me that that's not a Sweden cap. I read nothing to uh, to say that. I, uh, that's a that Sweden is, cap all the way. It is so sweet. Yeah, that is like dipped in sugar. I mean, that's a sweet cap right there. Well, let me tell you a little bit about this cigar. La Gloria Cubana, one of the most uh, long-standing brands, um, both obviously in. In Cuba and the uh, General Cigars uh, catalog here. This is their Spirit of the Lady by the Forge Cigar Company. It is a 6x50 boxed press Toro. It's a beautiful box press. Yeah. Uh, really nicely done box press. The wrapper is a seven-year-aged wrapper from the Orlancho San Augustine region of Honduras. Okay. Uh, the binder is Cameroon. <laughs> which I'm assuming is real Cameroon from Africa. And the filler is Mexican, Nicaraguan, and Dominican. It's okay. a lot of different tobaccos in this thing. Yeah. This limited edition cigar is a five-country blend that honors the masterful artisans at the El Credito Cigar Factory in Santiago, Dominican Republic. It comes to us courtesy of the newly formed Forge Cigar Company, owned by... STG, Scandinavian Tobacco Group, Scandinavian Tobacco Group, excuse me, which is the parent company of General Cigar. Uh, here's what Steve Abbott, the senior brand manager for La Gloria Cabana, had to say about tonight's cigar. The artisans of El Credito are passionately committed to their craft, and it shows in every single cigar they make. Through their unwavering commitment to creating exquisite cigars, this dedicated team embodies the assured spirit of Lady La Gloria, the brand's iconic marquee. It is truly a pleasure to celebrate these talented men and women and to honor their artistry through this very special offering. Um, obviously, I picked tonight the spirit of the lady because we have some very spirited ladies in our movie tonight. Eh? Uh-huh. Um, I, like the, I like the band on this thing. It's got a nice also- uh, little art deco type thing going on, and the font definitely gives mm-hmm. it that, uh, that 20s, 30s vibe. It does. It has the classic uh, visage of La Gloria Cubana. If you go into any tobacco store in North America, you're going to see her face. But they've really, like you said, it's got a very art deco. It's got the copper Mm -hmm. uh, frame around her now. And then it's got that really cool shade of orange that, you know, I like with uh, La Gloria Cubana, Spirit of the Lady. I like the band a lot too, Tut. Um, It kind of pops. We've never done. Look, it's one of the most popular. It's like one. It's a brand like Monte Cristo or yeah, um, Cohiba or you know a lot of those, uh, you know, longtime popular brands. We've six years, man. We've never featured one on the show. So 
Um, let's light it up. That's all I'm going to tell you about it. Let's just light it up. And I'm curious to see if that sweetness transfers over to the uh, draw or not. No, no, I mean, a little bit because you've got the sweetness residue, uh, you know, naturally from your lips that kind of hangs on. Uh, right there off the off the bat, you get a little blast and, and uh, pepper across the palate. Uh, <clears throat> I will say it's an interesting pairing with the uh, with the milk stout. You got the sweetness from the milk stout compounding on the sweetness from that tip. So it's like a sugar bomb going off. So I, I, I appreciate that. That earth, tobacco, and spice that just kind of blasted my palate right there to kind of, kind of offset and contrast it. I was not expecting that strong of a retrohale. Just let that linger in your nose there for a second. I mean, that's to me. I mean, man, I'm getting a really. That's weird. I'm mine's not mine's not that strong. Yaks. It's got nice. It's got nice uh, spice, almost like a good cinnamon that's wafting through there. That's nice, but oh, mine's much more than cinnamon. I mean, I'm yeah, it's it's popping. Uh, smoke production is flooding the corner. No hope here. It's it's smoking like a. It's. I gotta agree yeah. with Kate. It's y'all it's getting up there. y'all getting some punch off of that, huh? It's blowing, man. Like my my one of my eyes is wide. I was about to say it looks like yeah, it looks like she's tearing up there. It's it's that retro ale is something, um, and it's it's so much so that I'm, I'm I, I wasn't able to concentrate on the draw. <laughs> kind of having to back off it. Man, I think I'm getting a lot of that Cameroon. Um, Man, the spice through the nose, and then uh, it's just got a really nice uh, earthiness mm-hmm. through the draw. But I got—I got to be honest that that nose that what do you call it? A nose draw? <laughs> a nose draw? The nose draw? The, the nose draw is so goddamn overpowering. Uh, it's completely—I can't. I was not expecting that from the cigar. For whatever, maybe that's on me. Yeah, it's got, it's got maybe five, it is. It's got five countries, and I mean, one of them. Two of them being Mexican, Mexico and Nicaragua, which produce some pretty potent yeah. tobaccos. Um, and, and Cameroon's no slouch either. So, man, I'm really uh, surprised at this. Uh, but well, I'll come back to it. Let's everybody get a, get Did a little Did you say uh, Honduras had a little something to do with this? No, they put out a press release. They don't want anything to do with this. Oh, okay. Yes, the rapper is a seven-year-aged rapper from the Olancho. Yeah, because usually that's where I get that some of that pungent stuff is uh, from Honduras, Honduras tobaccos. Okay. I thought you were gonna say I thought that was Olancho San Augustine. No, that's right. That's where I get a lot of the uh, heavy red. <laughs> no, and the- I wouldn't know <laughs> that. Was with us, right? I'm sorry, doctor. The press release where they wanted nothing to do with it was with us, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. No, they, they want to be associated with the cigar. I should have yeah. clarified that. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the country of Honduras uh, wants nothing to do with the Tuesday Cigar Club, which is hurtful. Not surprising, but hurtful. That's all right. This Columbia is, this wants is, Tuttle. This is like the 30th country that's put out one of those press releases. Yeah. 
We got to keep. That's why I'm saying we should pack up and go to Columbia. Columbia will open. They're they're waiting for us with open arms. Kate and I have this nasty habit of visiting foreign countries and then urinating all over a national landmark on accident. Sorry, Cambodia. Without knowing it was a national landmark. <laughs> um, well, and you took a dump on that kid's tricycle. That wasn't. We should have known that would have been frowned upon. Well, my favorite one was when y'all got bailed from a, a band from India. I literally don't understand how you mistook the cow, but I can understand why you mistook a cow. Do I need to explain the caste system again to you, Ted? No, no. Because no. I'll do it right. I'll do it right here and now. It no. sounds like you need an explanation of the caste system. Who said tricycles were sacred? Am I right? Remember those Serbian bad boys? <laughs> oh man. There uh, uh, we were taking on them Serbian bad boys. <laughs> like I'd said in the opening, folks, we've had some misadventures. Uh, well, speaking of cigars, as I try to recover from the retro hell, and this one's drying out my entire palate. Jeez. Uh, you know who makes some really flavorful ones, don't you, Ted? Who's that? Do they still uh, want to be associated with the Tuesday Night Cigar Club? We'll see. Uh, yes, they do. Yes, they do. Of course, I'm talking about our good friends over at Drew Estate. And one of the most flavorful offerings in their vast portfolio is the Herrera Esteli Miami, crafted by level nine Cuban rollers at the famed El Titan de Bronze on Cali Ocha. The Herrera Esteli Miami line is expertly rolled with a lavish Ecuadorian Habano Oscuro wrapper over a rich Ecuadorian Sumatran binder with slight fillers from the Dominican Republic and Nicaragua. The new look of Herrera Esteli Miami features rich and black and gold, <clears throat> rich black and gold packaging and is available in five sizes. This cigar is now available at Drew Diplomat retailers everywhere, so go get some. And as of our last episode, it's been newly rated a solid 90. 90? By the Tuesday Night Cigar Club. An impressive 90. It was very impressive. Spice and cedar. If that is your jam in a cigar, you won't find one better than this. You're talking two of my favorite things right there. I'd also like to take a moment to talk about something very cool, Tut. Cigar World. Cigar World is an online site for cigar smokers. There you can get cigar news, reviews, and a whole lot more. Also on the site is a cigar research panel called the Testing Lab. You can sign up to give your input on new cigars by taking surveys and testing actual cigars. Check it out at cigarworld.com forward slash testing lab. Testing lab. You get anything on that draw other than the earthy flavor? Uh, I'm surprised at how much that little sweet cap is lingering on my draw, actually. Uh, but no, mainly it's a little bit of earth, maybe some dirt. Dirt is earth. <laughs> yeah, it is. What's your yes. earth made of? <laughs> dirt. <laughs> uh, what about you, Yags? you get anything else in that draw? Anything of, of note? <clears throat> no, I'll say this much, you know... Just barely into it, but that sweeten the sweetness has just for me, anyways, disappeared. It, it I never, I never got. Like, once we lit up, I never got sweet again. So maybe I'm could, liking that. Maybe it could have something to do with the peanut butter milkshake that Todd's drinking. No, I, that that's amplifying. It's, it's amplifying it, but it's still there. The peanut butter milk cell or the milk the 
the blah 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 the doobly doo that I'm drinking. It wouldn't amplify it if it wasn't there. Thank you for shaking your head on that. By the way, I am getting a little bit of toast on that draw. A little bit of toast. Toast and dirt. <laughs> that, that's a winning combination right there. <laughs> dirty dirty to- toast. Dirty toast. Dirty yeah. toast. There's a hint of cedar, maybe just because we were talking about it. It's starting to starting to ease back. Sounds down. like the name of a craft beer. A dirty Toast IPA. <laughs> it definitely does sound like a, a dive. right now. Uh, while the retro, where the the draw is a little, I'm not gonna say boring, but I mean there's not a lot going on. I'm just enjoying that retro hell, man. That is a super. It's still hanging in there, man. That's a swapper of a spicy retro hell, and man. As an expert, I had a feeling if this thing was going to have that much spice in a retro, what kills spice better than some grapefruit? That's forward thinking, boys. Right, right. Or a happy accident, as Bob Ross used to say. It's a happy accident. We'll see if I invite you guys to my grapefruit festival I'm putting together. I don't know. I kind of want to put together a Bob Ross festival now. I'm sending out gift baskets to all attendees next week. You get three grapefruits. Different types of grapefruit? Uh, grapefruit the doc- soap. Well, before I mail them out, the doctor's coming down here, and he's going to spend all day Saturday just squeezing them, making sure they're acceptable. Nice yes. grapefruit rub. Make sure they're nice, ripe grapefruits. Yeah. I bet we're going to have a bunch of We don't make mistakes here. I bet we're going to have a bunch of weirdos at our festival. <laughs> a bunch of grapefruits. Hey, we're here for the Bottom Heavy Blonde Festival. This is the Grapefruit Festival. Oh, shit, we booked him for the same day. That's a movie. <laughs> two wacky podcasters book their two stupid festivals for the same day. I thought you were going to say they'd show up and say, we're here for the Bottom Heavy Blonde Festival, and I'd say, why don't you fucking grapefruits get lost? Can <laughs> <laughs> we show over the – we have, like, some big guys in grapefruit mascot costumes, like, put their heads down and walk away. <laughs> no. <laughs> Doctor, I paid them for the whole day. Hi, we're uh, Ron Don Juan and Yax McAdoo here for the entertainment. <laughs> now, you guys didn't want anything to do with the Doctor and I's festivals. Don't try to leech on now that it's a big hit. <laughs> Damn it, Yax. We've got to get into that festival. Because if, if you're not careful, just like a grapefruit, the Doctor's going to squirt you right in the eye. Stomp on you. Stomp you into pulp? Stomp you, stomp you in the in the pole. Oh. Yeah. A lot of double innuendos going on tonight. The Tuesday Night Cigar Club, burning international bridges like Saddam Hussein used to burn his oil fields. <laughs> it's a little long for a T-shirt, but we can we'll talk. Oh, about it. I I thought that would be a peanut butter and the Yak Boy Radio bit. <laughs> You're gonna count on these two guys for anything? Come on. Dude, if you can't count on Yaks McAdoo, who can you count on? I mean, Ron Don Juan's a lech. He, he, he'll pass out, but Yaks McAdoo is professional. You know what? It's the, I, I'm in 100% agree with, agreement with uh, Tuttle on that. There's one man you can count on. you Yaks slammed. <laughs> Taking you down to Yaks Town. Uh, that could be a third festival. All right, all right let's just keep moving. Uh, we do we do three things here, folks. We uh we we drink a beer that's carefully paired, uh hopefully with a premium cigar that's been pr- 
carefully paired, hopefully, with a film. Uh, we did something very recent from 2021 last week. That didn't turn out so good for us. So now we're going to take it back all the way to the glorious year of 1987. Ugh, 1987. Tonight, oh, yeah, buddy. Tonight's film, Senior Week. <laughs> the film is written by Jan Kubicki and directed by Stuart Goldman, who has produced and directed several Elvis Presley documentaries. That's kind of what he's known for. And that's of notable interest, mainly because the star of tonight's film, Michael St. Gerard, went on to portray Elvis three times, uh, starting with the 1989 film Heart of Dixie. No relation to that lame-ass TV show that oh. Tuck watches. Uh, he then played the king of rock and roll in 1989's Great Balls of Fire with Dennis Quaid. Awesome movie, by the way. Uh, this guy played our hero from tonight's film, played uh, Elvis in that. I'm going to hell. I'm pl- going playing the piano. Uh, so yeah, so you've seen Great Balls of Fire, which by the way is that's not to be confused with the all male porno film I found under Yak Boy's couch one day in college. Uh, Saint Gerard was so hey, believable. He needed the money. I I missed what you guys said. I'm sorry. Uh, Saint Gerard was so believable as Elvis. He even got his own TV show called simply Elvis uh, that ran for a season back in 1990. And that, boys, opened the door for a role that any actor would kill for, as he then played high school acting teacher Chris Souter on season two of the greatest television show in the history of mankind, Beverly Hills, 90210. I was That's wondering why, where the shirt came in at. Why I'm wearing my 90210 shirt, man. We got Chris Souter, the acting teacher in here. Uh, he, certainly, he certainly looked he – he certainly resembled young Elvis Presley. Uh, he does have that, that, that kind of that jaw and those eyes. Uh, Doctor, if you'll remember, uh, Brenda Walsh had a crush on Mr. Souter uh, in acting class, but he developed a real attraction to Bookworm Andrea, which made no fucking sense. Uh, and they went I, I, I actually remember that. I, that wasn't even the big 90210. They actually went on a date. Yeah. The, teacher, the teacher took Andrea out on a date only for the teacher to reveal that he had a girlfriend and he wasn't that serious about her after all, which that made total fucking sense. But, uh, yeah, how do you skip over Brenda for Andrea? I actually think I saw this episode. Those early ones, man, they were gold. At least he was playing someone age-appropriate by the time he was on 90210. Yeah. Just saying that, you know, don't, don't, don't slouch on Andrea. Yeah, we don't want to go down this yellow brick road, but uh, you know what? I'm Shannon, just, I'm Shannon just gonna, Doherty circa 1991. Hold on, I'm drawing an X over Andrea's face on my shirt. <laughs> <clears throat> the official logline for Senior Week is this: Everett and his party-hungry buddies embark on an all-night road trip to the Florida beaches for a week of fun, sun, and beautiful women. Fun, sun, and buns. Mayhem ensues when a jealous girlfriend shows up unexpectedly, along with a psycho teacher who's hunting down Everett because he owes her an overdue term paper. That's not bad. I've heard better, but it's not bad. It's not bad, Logan. Dude, all you got to do is three words. Fun, son, buns. There you go. That's the byline for the movie. I'd watch a movie just called Fun, Son, and Buns. Why not? Can I start referring to you guys as my party-hungry buddies? Uh, yes. Yes. 
I like to party. Always. Yeah, it wasn't fun, son, and buns, a movie that you found under Cade's bed during his college years? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, it was. Joke's on you, doctor. I didn't have a couch. <laughs> Thanks for reminding me of that. <laughs> Duvet, whatever. <laughs> you know, I'm going to have one more of these grapefruit beers, and then I'm going to shift gears and see if uh, maybe my other beer brings something else. I, I mean, I'm just not getting a lot of flavor off the draw on this thing. Uh, there's not there's not really a lot of it there. And honestly, what I am getting is a little harsh. But then I just blow some smoke out of my nose, and it completely just washes everything out with spice. Maybe that's, the, maybe that's the whole thing about this. They're like, you know what? We're making this for cigar lovers that like to retrohale, and it doesn't matter what that draw's like. That retrohale is so banging. They're going to love it. I do love it. Man, it's, it is a nice retrohale. I'm just not getting the, the big power punch that you guys are doing it. Mine's a nice, sweet, sustained spice with a little bit of cinnamon on it. Uh, well, I have none of those delicate intricacies that you are picking up on. It's just pure jalapeno spice. Uh, it's not making me cry anymore, so that's yeah. good. Wow, man, that's weird. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll come back to it. Let me get you know. Let, let me know if you guys get anything else. Construction so far seems uh, pretty solid. I, I'm having ash. Ash is a little flaky. I'm kind of yeah. And on top of that. Nah. I'm really disappointed in the sweetened cap. I just... I don't think it was, man. I think it was. I totally think it was. Because with a sweetened cap, for me, it lasts <clears throat> excuse me, so much longer than just, you know, when I first put it in my mouth. It's... Doctor, you shut up. Uh, <laughs> oh, there we go. Retrohale just knocked Tut back in his seat. Woo! Yeah. But there, there's no, there's no, whew, yeah, there's no way that that was, that's not a non-sweetened cap. There, there's no way it was too strong. I, I, gotta, I gotta go with Kate. I don't think it was. I just, oh, I, just I got on. no, I got no lingering sweetness, and I'm drinking a grapefruit sweet beer, and I'm not getting any sweetness. No way. As don't soon tell, as I don't try to up, put this on the beaver, disappeared. I'm thinking what, however they stored these, it just. Some of that, those sugars, natural sugars, just maybe it was that seven-year Honduran wrapper they used, where they uh, they 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 just used uh, the wrapper right there, not here. No, they just mixed in some sugar right here. here. Yeah. We've seen it to where they uh, they stop cut it and hang it up, where all the sugars accumulate down at the tip. Maybe they use that for the wrapper. Who knows? I'm gonna go no sweet tip. Me and Yaks, uh, two votes against one. And Doctor, no, that is you're sensible. Sweet, actually. You're a sensible man. You know Yak Boy and I are right. I prefer to abstain from the voting process. Wise man. You know what, Doc? You, you do you. You do you. I respect I respect them. I respect them. I am comfortable enough standing on my own on this one. He respects it, but he made a notation there that <laughs> That totally did. I wouldn't I went into the books. So we start things off with an undeniably amazing dream sequence where our hero, Everett McDill, played by the aforementioned Michael St. Gerard, shows up to school, high school, where he's greeted in class by a room full of nothing but big-haired beauties. It's 1987. Or 1989, I'm sorry. Uh, 87 or 89? I already forgot. 87. 87. 
87. They the hair was even bigger in 87 than 89. Uh, wearing lingerie and high heels. That's it. The whole classroom filled with big banged chicks in lingerie and uh, high heels. Pardon? Okay. So I watched uh, Wonder Woman here recently, the 1984. And it's got Kristen Wiig in it and the gorgeous, uh, uh, what's her name, Gal Gadot. Uh, mm-hmm. Both of those ladies I find very, very attractive. But I just looked, took one look at Kristen Wiig's character, and I'm like, you're in 1984, and you don't have that hair teased out to like a good six inches from your face? That's not right. The, the second you turn this movie on, you see exactly the hairstyle. It's, you got to tease that thing. Come on. It is glorious hair. Oh, it is. I'm not going to say it's glorious hair, but you need to be decade appropriate. Uh, yeah, you would think a, a movie with a budget of Wonder Woman 200 million and he can't get a can of Aquanet. Yeah. Well, I don't watch those stupid movies, but I, I'm, sh- I believe you, Todd. I believe you. I appreciate Todd taking a stance. I do too. I'm upset about that. <laughs> a, these that hair, baby. A very busty teacher struts over to him and asks if he has, a, if that's an apple in his pocket or if he's just happy to see her. And somewhat surprisingly, Everett does have an apple in his pocket, which he hands to her. The top-heavy teacher tells Everett that he's tardy for class, and he must be taught a lesson. And that lesson lesson involves her opening up her blouse and exposing her massive gazoongas. We actually get the boing-boing sound effect. And as soon as I heard the sound effect, I knew I was subjected to this movie. Oh, it's fun. He loves his sound effects. It's a fun movie. Don't give me that. <laughs> subjected to like 50,000 pairs of titties. Uh, Yaks, those were pendulous, am I right? Indeed, they were. Like, I don't know. Black was 30 years old and coming to high school. She was not wearing a bra. I don't think there's a bra that could have contained those things. They, they were just. And I actually think that was the natural sound they made when he, she unleashed him. I don't, I don't think that sound effect was inserted. <laughs> Can we do something with this? It just keeps – every time she opens it up. <laughs> uh, did y'all recognize the actors? No. It was hard to kind of look up. Uh, she had a face? <laughs> Her name is Vicky Darnell. And she played Sugar in the 1990 classic Frankenhooker, yeah. and she was also she was also a dancer in 1990s Sorority Girls in The Creature from Hell. 1990 was a big year for her. Well, especially seeing as that was the last year she acted. Maybe <laughs> um, she went out on on top. Um, well, suddenly all the other chicks in class stand up and they start removing their bras. One girl stands there topless and tells Everett she's hungry, but all she has is this lousy banana as she starts taking bites out of it, which that's not very good in a sexy dream. And she wants him to meet her. Meet her. Okay, God, now you're looking for subtext? In the cafeteria. But just then a dude or some rando dude comes in to deliver Everett's report card. And all the chicks start laughing at his bad grades, causing him to wake up in bed at home with his mother barking at him to get up. He can't be late for the last day of school. Isn't How he 12 is- years too late for the last day of school at this point? <laughs> How 
awesome of an opening scene was that? Yak, I, I, Yaks, how awesome of an opening scene was that? It was a classic 1987 movie opening. Couldn't ask for better. I mean, I could have asked for better. You wouldn't get it. I wouldn't get it. Uh, you guys ever have a dream like that about school? Like going no, to school? No, not like this. Not like that. No. I wish. Um, yeah, I wish too. All my dreams about school were usually bad. Yeah, just. Um, they definitely did not involve gazungas like that. Uh-uh. Yaks, did I use that term correctly? Gazungas. Uh huh. Did did indeed. Okay, I thought so. Well, popular BMOC Everett. Dr. BMOC stands for? Big man on campus. That's right. I learned that reading Spider-Man comics where uh, Flash was Flash Thompson was the BMOC. BMOC. Wouldn't this guy be the OMOC? Oldest man on campus? <laughs> We've seen a lot older dudes than this play high school kids. I know, podcast. I know. I just always like it's to make friends. fun of it when I see it. <laughs> It's obviously something that goes back way into the 80s. Into the 70s with uh, Travolta sitting there. Uh, no, no, I'm a, call- I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a senior at high school. Especially, though, in the 80s. And as we know from past shows, I'm, I'm a, as big a fan of the original 90210 OSK. Oh, yeah. Dylan the- looks 40 in high school. Yeah, the- I think it's funny that I think it's funny that Tut's busting on this dude for being a few years older age. Yet he's saying that Andrea was the height, the <laughs> hottest high school chick. She was like forty. She was she forty. Was I know. I know. It's something that I, I feel like as I've gotten older, I've become more conscious of that. When I was younger, it didn't seem so ridiculous. Isn't it when weird how was, that happens? You're absolutely you know, right. Like when was twenty six, playing a sixteen year old which is basically what Luke Perry was. It didn't seem ridiculous to me, but watching this now, uh, it, it's so obvious. I mean, the guy, the guy's a young man. I, I, I don't think he was 30 years old when the movie no. was shot, but yeah. he, he's clearly, he's clearly not a, a high school. Well, kid. I mean, to, to, to be fair to Cade, I've seen a lot of movies like this to where the dude just absolutely looks 40 Dylan McCade. Uh, and, but it's weird because, like, yeah, you're right. I remember being a kid, seeing all this stuff. And aside from Dylan looking like he was about to kill over, uh, I never really paid that much attention to it. You would you would see somebody's age and you would think, oh wow, they look young because they're playing a high school person. But now, yeah. like to me, the guy looks like a he, he looks like a guy who's 28 or 29 yeah. years old, and it just it doesn't affect the movie. But yeah, boy, could you do me a favor if? Uh... <laughs> Cut disgraces the memory of uh, Luke Perry again. Could you strip him of his VIP tickets to the Grapefruit Festival? I can. I will. Where, where's my key grip? I want you to go over to there and punch that dude in the face. You know, it's funny. You you mentioned, Tut, how you realize it now as opposed to when you – it's like funny how that happens. Because they show the 90210 reruns on one of these channels, you know, like three-hour chunk every day. And – in two years from now, two more birthdays from the three of us, we will be the same age as the actress playing Andrea Zuckerman was when she was a freshman in high school. 
Hey, that's not actually. Accurate. And much like Andre, if I dye my hair, I can pull it off. I can, I can pull off that. You know, I'm just here in home ec class, baby. Uh, that's what that's what my I wife not, tells me. I'm, you know, I, I would not watch that day show. over eighteen, nineteen maybe. Hey, let's see what the new nine hundred two and reboot's got going on. It's got <laughs> tight. I'm here for home ec class, hey, baby. Man. Yeah. All right. Well. <laughs> Happy graduation day, asshole. <laughs> Uh, well, he immediately once he uh, oh, and he's also wearing a classic Canadian tuxedo, which was oh, very yes. big in the eighties. The denim jacket with the denim pants, just head to toes, nothing but denim. It was beautiful, uh, beautiful thing. And he immediately heads over to Miss Bagley's English classroom. This lady's quite a character. She's wearing a huge foam neck brace, which serves no purpose as far as we can tell, and she talks in a very high pitched very loud, nasally voice that is incredibly annoying. annoying. God, it's annoying. This this actress made some choices, let me just say that. Like the constant nose-blowing along with the annoying voice. There's no doubt about she was trying, she was swinging for the fences here with these character choices. And there's also no doubt that there was seemingly no one on set who felt up to questioning those choices. I... It's too much, man. I have no idea how to rule on this one because I love the fact that she just threw it all out there. I mean, say what you want about it. It's it's the most annoying thing I've seen in a long time, but she just (laughs) goes for it, stays with it, commits to it, and damn it, there's something I appreciate about that. We should actually be doing what she was told to do, too. So, man, you're not going to forget her anytime soon. Unfortunately. And Touch, she actually played a city councilman on your Heart of Dixie. No shit. What? No, I'm just fucking. Oh, okay. She's 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 dead. No, I don't know if she's dead. I'm just supposed to say, rest her soul. She's cheating. Miss Bagley gives Everett his final grade, F minus. And tells him that he's the worst student that she's ever had in all her years of teaching. She's happy to fail this no good for anything rebel rouser. But when she tells him that her next move is to call and inform his mother, well, Everett turns on those Elvis puppy dog eyes and sadly tells her that his mother's dead. And her last words were, remember me on your graduation day, son. Make me proud. Well, even this jaded old windbag has a heart. It turns out that she, too, has suffered loss. Her pet pigeon, Homer, recently died. She keeps him stuffed on her desk. So she gives Everett one last chance. He's to write a 40-page term paper on the decline of moral values in the 20th century Western Western society. He needs to have it on her desk by 9 a.m. on Monday morning, or he won't graduate. I don't know, boys. I don't think Everett's got an in. No, I don't. I'm, I don't know. His next actions will prove him that he does have it. Yeah, I don't think that he does. I don't think that he does. Is it reflective of my age? I guess that I'm sitting there going, "This is our hero. We made an F minus. What kind of future does this kid have?" Wait, come on, Tim Mathis and up the creek. All the all those lover, lovable losers had Fs. Well, they they'd at least gotten through high school. Yeah, they were in college. <laughs> 
I thought the doctor was going to say, "Is am I showing my age?" I actually thought Miss Bagley was kind of hot. I, I did not think that. No, <laughs> you, can't, you can't even compare this guy to uh, our heroes in Up the Creek. I they know. all got into college. That's true, and they were all likable for the most part. For the most part, yes. It's possible Everett might be able to pull and, some scams. And Madison's character got into like ten colleges. Fell out of all of them. This this is Everett's time watermark in life. Well, we uh, let's let's see. Maybe the film will tell us if Everett uh, comes up with something here or not. Out in the student center, cheerleader Tracy is trying to talk to her athletic boyfriend Jamie into coming over to her house that night as her parents will be out of town. But Friday night, he says that's his night to party with his buddies. So he tells her, you know what? Party with the boys tonight. Tomorrow night, I'll take you to Manny's house of ribs. And then my friend can get us into the movies for free. That actually sounds like a date I want to be in. <laughs> in House of Ribs? How would you? It's been forever since I I can't even remember the last time I saw a House of Ribs. I, and why is she upset? I mean, he clearly is in the very final stages of getting his law degree. I mean, she should be happy about this. <laughs> well, Tracy is sick, Doctor, of playing second fiddle to his jackass friends, Everett and Lardass Kevin. Her words, not mine. She calls Kevin a lardass. It's the 80s. We like fat shaming. Jamie, oh, we'll get to that in a minute. Jamie tells her, look, baby, it's been the same routine all year. Friday nights with the boys, Saturday night at Manny's House of Ribs with you. That's how you structured. That's how you structure life. <laughs> We've been doing this all year. What's the problem? Sunday I take my kids to their soccer game. But, uh, no, dude, he looks like he could be a senior in high school. No, dude. I kind of thought so. I Yeah, he didn't bother me at all. Yeah. To be honest, oh. the Elvis kid didn't bother me that much. Actually, none of these. He, look, yeah. he looks younger. He looks younger than Travolta did in Greece. Yeah, I, I, I honestly didn't have a problem with any of these dudes or, or chicks. Well, I had problems with it, but not like they well, looked like forty. Not there. <laughs> 40 well, 40. it was nineteen eighty-seven. They did what they could with what they had. Well, listen, Tra- Tracy's a demanding ball buster, and she tells Jamie, "Look, now that it's senior week, things are going to change, and you're going to start spending time with me every night." And that's how you lose a guy. Actually, that conversation rang a lot of bells for me. Back in high school, I had that same setup. Doctor Friday night was. We went to football games, party with the boys, and uh, I kind of had the same routine. Now, there was no Manny's House of Ribs where we grew up. Maybe I would. Sadly. We had to get into the movie theater for free because you were working there. I could get us in the movies for free. But again, there was no Manny's House of Ribs. If there was, I probably would have turned out to be a much happier adult. <laughs> yeah, well, is that a real place? God, I wish it was. Oh, you said it like, man, I haven't heard of a... You're just speaking of houses of ribs in general. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Across the quad, the school nerd Jody bumps into Everett. Literally. Smacks right into him. And as he's picking up his stupid nerd books off the ground, Everett realizes that Jody, who's headed to Princeton in the fall, is just the man to write his 40-page essay for him. You guys were asking, how's Everett going to pull this out? He's going to get a nerd to write it for him. So our teenage hunk kidnaps Jody and ties him up in his bathtub where he threatens to kill him if he puts up any resistance. Nerd abuse, I'm against it 100%. You lost he, me, Jody. 
So Everett's going to come up with some crazy scam. He's going to use all his wiles. And no, he's going to kidnap the guy, tie him up, throw him in a bathtub, threaten him with death. He didn't write the paper. Yeah, I didn't see that coming. He actually leaves the nerd in the bathtub trembling in fear as he and his pals Jamie and Kevin eat an entire baked turkey and drink beers in his bedroom. Yeah, I'm supposed to be on Team Everett now? No thanks. When Everett sees a magazine ad on the bed for Florida, come visit Florida, featuring a beautiful bikini babe on it, well, he knows instantly what they need to do for senior week. Doctor, where are they going? They're going to Florida, baby. Got it. Uh, real quick before we uh, get in the meat and potatoes, uh, I have switched beers. Yak Boy, if you could uh, tell me what I'm drinking. The Elysian Full Contact Imperial Hazy IPA. Full contact. Just like the guy on the can pointing at you, letting you know what you're going to get. Like boys and girls have full contact? No, not that, but still. I thought that you you bought that because of the dude's cheetah wife beater shirt that comes on later. Listen, don't ever talk about... That sweet, sweet cheetah white. It was the most epic thing, and if there was a hot topic around, I'd get it in a second. God, that I was just—I had to stop and like, wait, is that is that a sweet cheetah? Yeah, we'll we'll get to it. Uh, Yak boy, why is this beer so sweet? That is an excellent question. Uh, the full contact is 8.8% ABV, and I can't tell you because I cannot find the IBUs. Yeah, it's not on the can either. Huh. Uh, they're, they're, they're low um, for an imperial, but it's hazy IPA. Uh, the IBU. hazies typically do dial it up on the you'll, – you'll get more of the citrus – I would say, like oh, most honey, of them, I get them. They're not nearly as floral. Yeah, no, I'm they reading. Still the have that, but it, they dial it up on the citrus to me, anyways. It's they they mention honeydew and vanilla cream soda, and that would explain the the sweetness I'm getting. From now on, yeah. I'm just drinking pills. <laughs> and of course, uh, Lizzie and of course we are big fans of on our. Uh, both uh, in our uh, episode 75 and episode 130. Space Dust. Space Dust. Dust. That's right. I love that. It's one of my favorite IPAs. Um, all right. Well, this is very sweet. Yeah. That tangerine. Soda or what the fuck? Tangerine. There's, there's tangerine. There's honeydew. They, they mentioned vanilla cream soda. It's, it's a very sweet beer. It's still not translating sweetness to the cigar, which is um, interesting. And, and I'll be honest, uh, before we move on, that cigar, I just... Got another little yeah that that retro kind of kind of throws it throws throws its elbow it's full contact full strength cigar my god uh, full body uh, it's hard to say because it's I'm just getting so much no that that palate's not full body spicy jalapeno pepper through the nose which is fine I mean I, as the doctor likes to say any port in the storm there's a cigar out there for everybody if you if you like just a, a killer retro hail this this could be a, one that you might want to I, check I, out. I dig it for no other reason other than the retro hail. Uh, yeah, there's nothing so far very special on the draw, but man, that retro hail is nice. I like it, and it's killing both beers. Uh, they're, they're not 
I don't know if any beer has a chance. Yeah, of yeah. The the peanut butter is perfect with it. It has got that sweetness that has kicked in, and maybe maybe I'm I'm going to say that I guess that since y'all don't have the sweetness lingering, that sweetness is still being provided by the uh, by the beer, and it's it's a nice balance to that retro hell. So hey, do, I, you I guys hear that? A, I think it's a good a good pairing. Tut finally agreed that the sweetness from a cigar that no one else is getting might be from the Reese's peanut butter cups in his beer. I, I'm a scientist, and if there are other uh, – I look at my own experience as anecdotal. If there's other experiences that trump my experience, then obviously I have to treat those experiences with credibility. I'm starting Science. to appreciate those Jim Beam highball commercials where they make fun of the beers. Peanut butter, grapefruit – Licorice, papaya, mango, what the hell? Yeah, I just kind of wanted good pills. I mean, that's that's it. There was a the St. Arnold Summer Pills was a mar. Uh, no, there was one called Spring Break Week. I almost bought it. Uh, it was a it was a German it was a German Martin, but it wasn't Spring Break. The movie's not about Spring Break. You know what? About- From now on, I'm going to screw the pairings. I'm just going to go with what's good. It's about Senior Week, and you got to stick to the pairings. It's what got us this far. Speaking of going far, the boys are driving from New Jersey to Florida, fellas. With the kidnap nerd. While his two idiot friends put up little resistance, uh, Everett's already on the New Jersey turnpike going south when he tells them they're driving cross-country. The fat dude, Kevin, thought they were just hitting up a local McDonald's. But uh, <laughs> the other guy doesn't give a shit. He's got nothing going on. Nerd Jody does not want to go to Florida at all, but he's still tied up, so his opinion means nothing. Uh, and when Everett sadly informs his prisoner that his mom is in a coma and she's only holding on long enough to see him graduate, well, Jody, he's got a, a good heart. He reluctantly agrees to write the term paper for him. Everett's a fucking user, man. Oh, and Jody's promised some hot chicks as well for his hard work. Wait a minute, the nerd says. If your mom is so sick, why aren't you in the hospital with her? What? It missed senior week? Woohoo! Dude, not only that, not only is he abusing the nerd, I mean, his mom's in a coma and he's fucking going down to senior week? I I hate Everett. Everett's Everett's very unlikable. By the way, I meant to... We all know that his mom isn't in a coma. His mom's not in a coma. I meant to ask this earlier. Anybody recognize the redhead? The the girlfriend of the muscle dude. Great Tracy, no. I, th- I I feel like I don't, I've seen her somewhere before. Oh no no no, I did I did too I did too, but she never did anything else. Okay. Uh, I think she just reminded me of eighty percent of the chicks we went to high school with. <laughs> yeah, probably true. Uh, well, somehow they make the twenty-hour drive to Daytona, Florida, overnight uh, from New Jersey, and after an ill-conceived drive all night, stop, maybe. After an ill, well, it's a 20-hour drive they made during the night. 12 hours at 120 miles an hour? Let's do this. They're driving a car from the 1950s. Hey, they, they, didn't have, they didn't have regulators or catalytic converters. Let's go. And, they're pro- and the fastest speed limit they can do is 55. <laughs> all right. Now just poking holes in my theory all over the place. Jeez. Tut's turned this show into Mythbusters or whatever. <laughs> uh, after an ill-conceived stop at a local biker tavern for some grub, which almost gets him shot, 
They squeal into Daytona Beach, and they literally squeal their convertible into the wall of a motel when they see a vacancy sign lit up. Dude, they literally, hey, vacancy, they crash into the side of the motel. Doctor, I think we've seen enough of these goobers by now to assess this. In your professional medical opinion, are these three dudes all complete mentally deficient imbeciles? Well, Mr. Kate, it's good that you bring that up. Uh, my God, they certainly seem like it. They're I mean, just the, dumb, the, right? Well, some total of the brain cells of these three, I, it's just preposterous. They're stupid. I was on the fence until they're like, oh, a motel, let's crash our car into it. Yeah, but when well, they did crashing, I was waiting for like just a hail of empty beer cans to fly everywhere. None of that fun stuff. None of that fun stuff. None yeah, of the no, likable fun stuff. This wasn't an Up the Creek or a Hot Dog the Movie road trip. They didn't have any beers. They didn't have nothing. I mean, the fat guy did fly over the windshield and land on the hood of the car. He had, like, no, a piece of no, come on, <laughs> man. Come on. Let's, where's the beers, man? Yeah. yeah. Where's the guns or sub that he, you know, that he's like, ugh, come on. Yeah. Don't even mention, when it comes to McGraw, Pee Wee, and Gonzer, these guys couldn't hold a candle. Pee Wee was back there making daiquiris in the backseat out of that little briefcase. Of that that was a road trip. These guys have no charm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, that's the difference between college men and high school boys. Yeah, but these are, these are partying high school boys. Yeah, they should even in 1987 be yeah, able to score along the way some road beers. It's kind of like I found out in the music career. You know, you can party in high school and you can be at the top. You can be the apex predator of your high school party scene. <laughs> and then when you get into college and you meet the Tim Matheson and you meet the Pee Wees and the Gonzer and you realize, man, I didn't know how to party. I just thought I did. But if you're a real partier, then you turn it up a notch. And you're like, okay, I got my high school diploma. I can hang I was with a these guys. High school, but yeah. that, that's over with now. Now I'm turning. I'm a college boy now, and now I'm turning it up to a new level of that's party. That's right. That's right. TNCT. And guess what, babe? We're not going to Manny's house of ribs Saturday night. I'm taking you to that fucking grapefruit festival, and we're gonna get shit faced. <laughs> now we're talking. Now we're going to have a party. And by the way, I want to announce our newest sponsor, Manny's House of Ribs, will be supplying all of our guests with a uh, plate of ribs. <laughs> Little rib rub packet in the VIP. House of the Tuesday Night Cigar Club. VIP, VIP, you will get a bottle of sauce. <laughs> it's it's. It's a little touch, right. but it's one of those things that make and break movies like this. They absolutely should have stepped out of that car and just beer cans going everywhere. It's the sea of beer yeah, cans. I agree. I agree. Or at least when they hit that garbage can, like you said, it's a tsunami of cans that come out of that. that yeah. Thing. And I guess that's my biggest problem with these boys. We'll get to that in a minute is they're not heavy drinkers. They're not obsessed at this point with babes to where it's like that's all they're doing. They're just, they're just a bunch of assholes at this point. Uh, which... I think I probably just described us to a lot of people. I, I think I, the most likable character right up. now is Kevin. I'm, I'm people are going to see what they want to see. No, Tut, <laughs> the most likable character is poor Jody. He, he also happens to be the best actor of the group, but yeah, yeah, he's yeah. locked up in the trunk. And 
Well, I haven't uh, seen a lot. I mean, he's the he's the one who is has my sympathy, but I it's haven't hard seen a lot. Me. I haven't seen a lot of him yet. It's hard to root for our heroes who are his kidnappers. <laughs> or not heroes in any way. In any way. Well, once the boys are settled in their shitty motel room, they talk the owner down. All right, boys, I like you. Forty. I like you that you just smashed into the side of my motel. Forty bucks a night. And we're kind of on a budget. All right, ten bucks a night. That's a big. That's a big jump in bargaining. Uh, senseless. Senseless. Jamie finally gets the balls to call his domineering girlfriend Tracy from payphone. He lies and says they're just at a local New Jersey beach. Uh, it wasn't my fault. Ebert just drove us here. But after she slams the phone down, uh, if you knew how many thousands of our little escapades, I was, babe, yak boy, pick me up. And the thing is, my girlfriend at the time, my now wife, loved yak boy. So I knew. (laughs) Where are you? I haven't haven't heard from you in three months. I haven't heard from you in three months. Babe, yak boy showed up. Cody was here, and uh, <laughs> I'm not kidding. I don't know like, why the couch caught on fire? But <laughs> uh, well, uh, he lies to her, says they're at a local beach, and when he slams down the phone, when she slams the phone down on him, the operator then calls Tracy back, wanting to collect the two dollar. Remember these the collect phone calls from payphones. She wants to collect the $2 collect call charge she just received from Florida. Uh-oh. Now Tracy knows they're in Florida. So now Tracy and her best friend Stacy are on their way down there to even the score. Yeah, because that can't be good for the guys, right? But this is where I was like, we're just going to Florida. Now, was but where in Florida? You just It's not just like one destination. She got the information from the payphone charge. Now, was Stacy the lesbian chick from School Spirit? What? What? Stacy, the the her friend Tracy's friend. Yeah, the brunette, short-haired girl, kind of Hispanic looking. Was she the uh, the lesbian chick from School Spirit? Well, first of all, uh, we did feature a uh, movie called School Spirit. I don't remember any lesbians in it, but I also don't remember. Oh, was that Mr. Funhog? Yeah, that was Mr. Funhog. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember anything about that movie. Fun- but I, I, I just Mr. remember Mr. Funhog. Funhog. <laughs> okay. I don't remember. It all makes sense now. We're all like, oh, what? Mr. Funhog. Mr. Funhog with his curly tail and his snout. Uh, I actually download that from iTunes. I actually... <laughs> Every once in a while, Mr. Funhog will come up in my shuffle, and I can't help but just fucking start power drinking. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I don't think so. I, I, I looked up the majority of this cast, and very few of them did anything else. Yeah. Uh, but then again, School Spirit School Spirit was basically very little else. I, <laughs> I like that movie, though. But again, that movie had a lot of problems too. That was where the dude in college turned into a ghost. That was your yeah. That and, was your hero there. And took advantage of all the chicks while they slept. That that movie had some. He had some problems. charm at least. He did. He did have a little bit of charm, and that's different than these egghead or not eggheads, scrambled eggheads. Okay. 
Well, the three boys head on down to the beach, leaving the dork Jody behind at the filthy motel to work on the term paper on his high-tech word processor. And as they walk along the beach, there's a plethora of beautiful babes soaking up the sun in their bikinis, which is always awesome. We get to see some good shots of that. But when one of the dudes makes fun of a larger, heavyset girl in a bikini walking out into the water, it really solidified something that we've kind of mentioned here already. But I, I was thinking this since the movie started. Not only are all these knuckleheads total morons, but they're all just so extremely unlikable as well, which is a big no-no in a film like this. You want to party with these guys. You want to root forever to graduate. you got to like these dudes. And I can't remember another beach party movie where they made fun of a fat chick. Can you? Uh, well, you kind of had like the. You gotta the respect ne- the Omega Moose. The Omega Moose. They they made fun of. Uh, no, they didn't. Well, yeah, they, they did. Booger Booger totally made fun of the Omega Moose. But yeah, he once he got up. high, then he was like, "Come to Mama." Show me that muff, Mama. Yeah. But he started yeah. out making fun of the Omega Moose. I think he was more just depressed and, oh, you got the moves. But he never, it was never very aggressively harsh. No, it wasn't, it wasn't to this dynamic. This was kind of like, this was straight up fat shaming, and it was kind of sad to see. But well, that's what the 80s did. Yeah, there was no such thing as fat shaming or any kind of shaming in the 80s. Uh, the problem, as Cade pointed out, is that these three guys are just thoroughly unlikable. Um, at least at this point, they are completely unlikable, and I feel that you got to love the party animals. You got to want to party. You got to want to party with them. And these three, like I said, so far are just a bunch of jerks. Jamie, who has a girlfriend, he's the horniest of all of them. He can't take his eyes off all the all the Florida poontang. Kevin just wants to eat constantly, and Everett lies about his dead or dying mom to get whatever he wants from people. I don't mind Kevin other than he's going along with the abduction. And, and you know, this is what I, you know, and I looked at this as when I, when I first saw each of these characters, and this was, you know, we already mentioned it, I thought of Up the Creek. Yeah. Hard but, not to. And in that first, like, literally 10 minutes of Up the Creek, they outline the character of each of those guys. And they don't do this. And, and this is supposed to be a senior week. So we're, we're supposed to take this as kind of like a, a graduation spring break type ordeal because obviously they go to Florida. But like I said, nowhere along the line do I feel like this is a party movie. Yeah. No, because they don't party a lot. And it reminded it, – it took me back. I didn't go to Up the Creek, but I went back to – I think it was Bikini Summer – where they the college kids go to fix up that beach house and just hang out and get yeah. mad dog. Yeah. Party animal just chugging beers on the couch and they they were a bunch of imbeciles, but they were peaceful, likable uh, likable party animals. And when it comes to horror film characters, Yak Boy, you said it last episode, we always say you can't scare if you don't care. And I think when it comes to this movie, perhaps you can't party if the characters are shardy. Well, they Maybe. are shardy. I thought it was a little stretch, but I'll go with it. It works. It's hard to party if the characters aren't works or shardy. Doctor, that's when you think you can fart, but a little piece of poop comes out. I'm familiar with it. Oh, okay. You look. You were looking at me like maybe you're okay. Okay. Uh, at least at this point, I gotta. I gotta say, at least at this point, that's where we're at. 
but I immediately got over it and started to enjoy the ride these guys were on once I decided, you know what, I'm going to crack a couple of cold ones watching this thing. <laughs> if they're not going to party, I am. Exactly. So, you know, all these social concerns I had, like, you know, this fat shaming and this lying and cheating. I never had any social concerns. They're just not like... Yeah, I mean, they're all kind of tied together. Uh, The good news is that after watching this movie with these three guys, all of a sudden I didn't feel bad about hanging out with you guys. I don't know know why I typed that in my notes. That was like a thought I had that I... You just drove the doctor off. Sometimes when I'm typing things in my word processor, I it's just a, tr- a flow of thoughts, and that that was not supposed to be in there. Kidnap me and take me to Florida. Exactly. Hey, pretend that I did not say that, and we'll move forward. Mm. Hey, are you guys having just a crazy, ridiculous weak ash with this cigar? Weak ash? I've had to light it a couple of times, uh, and that's not just from talking. Uh, I'm having trouble keeping it lit, and and the ash is very flaky. That's that sweetened tobacco. Yeah, that. all those sugars they burn faster. Mm-hmm. Uh, every time I'm like, man, this cigar is really not retro hell. And that's what's weird about it. It's not. I'm I'm not really picking up like those strength notes, but the same thing. I do a. A retro hail and then like, man, a little, little, little burn your, there. Makes your toes curl. Uh, but as I mentioned, that flaky ash, the flaky ash just fell all over my all over the place, yeah, all over my desk. So uh, I, I'm going to stand by that criticism. Um, okay. Well, Everett, in a rare unselfish moment, uh, calls his poor mother, who's very much alive, to check in. And right after he gets off the phone with her, Mrs. Bagley dials up his mom to send her condolences. When she learns that Everett lied about his mom's death, she is fuming. So now we've got both, both Mrs. Bag, Miss Bagley, or Miss Bag Lady, as the boys call it. Bag Lady. And pissed off Tracy heading down to the wing-shaped state of Florida to get their revenge. Oh, beautiful Tracy. Not that a film like this begs this sort of uh, consideration, but number one, have you ever heard of a situation where you finished school and then there was a week vacation called senior week before you graduated? First I've ever heard of senior week. No, there was was a senior week uh, in our school to where the seniors skipped the last week. We had a senior skip day. We had a senior skip day. Which you'd, you'd skip... A day. Yeah, uh, this, this is the whole last week. Which I, I won't name names to protect the innocent, but uh, I, I actually uh, woke up at a buddy of ours' apartment on Senior Skip Day, and we learned that one of our other friends had gone to school because I guess he he didn't have the hours like he needed to be at school because if he if he skipped on Skip Day, he had been absent so long. He wouldn't be able to graduate. And we actually drove up to school, parked in – have you heard the story yet? Yes. Parked in the back, went into the school, found him in computer lab, and the teacher sitting there doesn't give a shit. Uh, We just walk in. Hey, you're coming with us. And he's like, I can't. 
I, I can't miss anymore. And did keep in mind the time frame of this quote I'm about to drop. I put out my hand. What I say, X? Come with me if you want to live. Come with me if you want to live. T2 was really big around that time. And he's like, dude, I can't. And so I picked him up and I put him over my shoulder and we just ran out with him. Ran all the way out to the parking lot, threw him in the back of the pickup truck, and took off. You're That's fucking, my... you kidnapped the dude. You're just oh, dude, I know. You're I, know better than, I know better than ever. That but guy was not me, Todd. I did not go to school. But you had a vehicle full of booze, though. Yeah, we didn't tie him up. We got him drunk. Oh, okay. Well, that makes it marginally better, I guess. I Poor dude had actually... a repeat senior year. That's and I think we might have actually taken him to Jack in the Box for some tacos. I'm, I'm not Everett at all. I'm a gracious kidnapper. <laughs> there was no Manny's House of Ribs. Uh, so, yeah, we had a senior year. It was an Arby's, though. There was an Arby's. Dr. and I went there quite a bit our senior year. So there's no senior week, but then everybody's going to Florida. Everybody's going to Florida. Uh, if Bagley wants him to fail, why would she should just... Just uh, fail him right. right then. Yeah, I'm thinking too much. Thinking way too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so now we've got both Miss Bagley Take care and, of that pissed quick, off, and, pissed, disconnect. and pissed off Tracy, the girlfriend, headed down there. And our heroes could care less as they're back in the motel room playing strip poker with some bikini babes from Ball State University. Doctor, didn't you do some post-grad work at Ball U? Well, th- so they say Ball U. Ball State is an actual place. Right. So they I say think- like they say Ball U. They but he said it very suggestively. I think that was a sexual thing. So would you study at Ball U? Like, I want to Ball U. No, I, I, yes, I got the innuendo. Uh <laughs> No, uh, um, you forget. I I attended the Poughkeepsie Institute for Technical Science, the Pits. The Pits. Yeah. You know who did attend Ball State University or Ball State? David Letterman. David Letterman. And I believe Superintendent Chalmers. <laughs> from the Simpsons. Yes, he he was born in Intercourse, Pennsylvania. Graduated from Ball State and vacations in Lake Titicaca. Make fun of that tough guy. <laughs> <laughs> Once Tracy and her BFF Stacy's flight arrives in Florida, just minutes before Miss Bagley gets there, I might add, they're picked up at the airport by Tracy's cousin, Debbie Sue, who takes them to her house where they'll be staying. Just like the guys and several other cars we've seen parked around, Debbie Sue's also driving a convertible from like the 1960s or 70s. That was weird, right? Because they're also playing a lot of like 50s doo-wop music. But it's clearly modern 1987. The guy's got a word processor. and In the 80s, everybody liked to harken back to teenagers in the 50s for some it's, reason. It's not a period piece by any means. Uh, anywho, Debbie Sue introduces the girls to her pet alligator, Chuckles, her insane mother. Oh, wait a minute. Uh, somebody's – there's an extra set of hands there. Oh, no. This is the Hello, end. <laughs> This is the end Hello, of the Daddy, how are you here? Nada, how are you, sweetheart? I'm good. How are you doing? Ladies okay. and gentlemen. See, it Cody, is our, Cody said this. We mentioned episode one earlier, our bartender on episode <laughs> one, who brought us our delicious buried stout, uh, buried hatchet stouts, uh, the lovely, the one of a kind. 
Oh, really? You didn't talk shit about me this time? No, we never talk the, shit about you as far as you know. Oh, shit. I heard the episode. <laughs> the lovably opinionated, uh, we wouldn't have her any other way, Nada has just. Uh, dude, they're kidnapping Yad Boy. Yes. He's ours. Well, it's better to be but kidnapped by them than ever. Talking shit about me. I, was, I have never talked shit about you on this podcast, uh-huh. as far as you know. Yeah, I heard that episode. It was all Cade. I'm throwing him under the bus. I'm putting the record straight. It was all Cade. Uh huh. Did you see how fucking quick he did that? Yes, he did. He threw you under a bus. Just right there. Because he doesn't want to do with my crazy ass. Nobody does. It's you or me, bud. It's you or me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right, boys. I love you. Nada. I miss Always. your faces. Oh, my God. It's good to see you. I miss your faces. You know what? We were, Hi, bitching, we were bitching and moaning about the lack of party animals. I was about to say, we just had more partying than this entire movie. Yak Boy just got absconded by – is that the right word, Doctor? Absconded? No, it's absconded, and it would only be correct if, if they had actually ran off with him. But then you would have said the ladies absconded with Yak Boy. They tried. They tried to. He got pounced on by a couple of real party animals. Uh, he didn't resist a lot. And, folks, this is why you uh, should probably check us out when we do our shows live on YouTube because I'll, I'll probably edit those drunk chicks out. <laughs> I have that power, Nada. Now who has the power? She's gone now. She's she's gone, right? She's I don't gone, I, yes. I don't I don't want to get on her bed so. <laughs> oh. Where was I? That was uh <laughs> We haven't had a drop in visitor like that since that crazy ghost that scared the shit out of Tut. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I actually enjoyed that party scene way more than most of the party scenes in tonight's movie. Oh, that's right. Debbie Sue, uh, Tracy's cousin, she introduced him to her pet alligator, Chuckles, her insane mom, and her creepy Florida dad named Ernest. I kind of like Ernest. I'm not going to lie. You girls. We never actually see the alligator. No, no, we don't. We just hear sound effects. You just hear somebody in the background going, they, they couldn't afford an alligator. Here, Dude, here's Ernest's, uh, my favorite Ernest line at the dinner table. You girls want a beer? There's nothing like a good cold beer. He's my favorite this is character. Why I like Ernest. He's Ernest, the only one who's talking about beer. Creepy Florida dad Ernest is my favorite character in this movie. <laughs> Did y'all notice on the fridge in Creepy Florida dad Ernest's house that someone threw out a page from a magazine and it's just a shirtless, like, 40-year-old something dude with a mustache smoking a cigarette? And it's like, oh, we got to put this on the fridge. <laughs> it's the craziest thing I've ever seen. No, I, did. I totally missed that one. That's that's kind of Florida, though, right? Ernest is kind of Florida. Ernest is very Florida. Uh, you girls want beer? There's nothing like cold beer. <laughs> he's not pervy, though. No, he's not. He actually reprises that line a little later on in the film. You girls want some coffee? Not like a good like cup of coffee. <laughs> and it's senseless enough that it fits. This guy, li- this guy lives for his beverages. <laughs> later that night, the boys are hitting up the local arcade, playing skee-ball, taking wacky pics together in the photo booth, hitting on babes. 
Of course, Ebert climbs up to the top of the skee ball machine and drops the balls directly into the center hole. And this is a party che- movie? Cheating his way and to be given a giant stuffed animal prize by the poor elderly arcade owner. So now he's a serial liar and a cheat. And the guys are all giving him high fives like he actually accomplished something. You were the only one sober enough because we haven't been drinking to crawl on top of this. I love that our biggest thing with this problem is that these high school kids aren't fucking drinking enough. (laughs) It's a party movie. We're so bitter about it, though. Yeah, it'd be hard to climb up on that skee-ball machine if you were shit-faced like you were supposed to be. That's but they should have been. That would have excused it. Now he's just a dick. Yeah. Yeah, not yeah, dude. Drunk dicks. Alright, first of all, this is, this is nineteen eighty seven. Beer flowed freely for teenagers. Of course it did. You could drink at eighteen in maybe Florida. I know Louisiana. Think so how funny eighty seven, you could still do it in Texas at eighteen. They cut that off at I think at eighty nine. Eighty eight or eighty nine. Think how much funnier it would have been if he was all drunk and he went up there and started throwing the ski balls in, standing on yes, it. Because be like, hey. that's shit that we would do. It's he like the time the act boy got stuck in the crane machine. There's hey, no proof of that. It took it took me seven dollars, but I I got you out of there. Then they head over to Penrod's nightclub where everyone is tearing it up on the dance floor. Fine. Everett and Jamie spot the foxy ladies they played strip poker with earlier, and they all start dancing. While Chunky Kevin dry humps and makes out with the giant stuffed animal that they won at the arcade in the middle of the dance floor. Look at this. I've been there. That tracks. The crowd of older dudes, mainly 30-something white dudes in white blazers and mustaches, they're cheering Kevin on. He's just humping that thing. I've just uh, I've, I've been there. This scene is accurate. It's not bad. Not a bad. Thing. But not a you bad were drunk when that happened. Yeah, totally. But get this: Tracy and the girls are about to crash the boys' party, and I mean that quite literally. As Debbie Sue sees the nightclub and crashes her convertible into the side of Penrod's night. I guess that's just how you parked in 1987. Hey, that's where I want to go. <laughs> no, it's. No, People actually parked choice. the right way back then? Yeah, I mean, come on. You're not going to wreck your car. Again, it'd be different if they were intoxicated, but these sober people are just smashing their cars into things. When Tracy spots Jamie getting up close and personal with his new friend on the dance floor, Uh-oh. she freaks out. And when she spins around to leave, uh, she smacks right into a smooth operator named Lance. Who grabs her wrists and won't let her go, Lance? He won't let her go. He likes what he sees. And he gives her his card and tells her, actually both girls from up north, Tracy and Stacy, that he'd like to show them around town sometime in his white limousine. I don't like Lance. Like, so that kept being a saying, like instead of saying specifically where you're from, we're from up north. We're from north. You can tell by the way he's wearing that giant oversized V-neck sweater that this sweet-talking punk is a grade-A weasel, am I right? Don't like it. Don't so like you're wearing, it. You're wearing a giant weasel on your T-shirt tonight. Yeah. Let's see that T-shirt. Does it fit good? Oh, it fits great. Okay. I love this T-shirt, actually. I'm not going to yeah, love it once I, once I wash it because it's going to shrink down in a size and... Did you, did you get to pick the color, or they all? No, this is this is the way it came out. I love the color of it, though. He did a good job picking all that. It's stuff a nice out. green. Yeah, it's a nice green. All right. 
Well, the next morning, um, as they me the act boy going to hit that thing partying like 1980s should have. I want lots right. of. Uh, guys, we're gonna roll in. We're gonna crash right into the headquarters. <laughs> <laughs> Driving a aircraft, smash your truck. I'm gonna go out over the over the hood with a tsunami of beer cans following me. Dude, Skip runs out. You just killed seven people. <laughs> Not Scarface. Cody's. T- <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank God! It was just Willie D. <laughs> Uh, actually, I think Willie D's dead. I'm, I'm, I apologize for that reference. Uh, guys, this cigar keeps going out on me, and I know I'm talking yes. quite different. But, yeah, that, but, yeah, it is. But normally, I, I can, I can talk this much, and it just, it just keeps going. Frankly, out on me. I think if Willie D were still among us, I think he would appreciate that comment big time. I think Willie What's D would that? be, a, I think Willie D would be a fan of the show. Willie D liked to party. Well, at 2 a.m. after uh, drinking some local Austin beers and whiskey, when your mind is playing tricks on you, uh, uh. Uh, you guys, you, you guys, give me a call and uh, let me know you're uh, crap. Now I'm just gonna have that as my theme song as I'm walking through the entire thing. I'm just happy that the next morning at Tut's house in Austin, his wife will be pissed at somebody else other than me. Who's she going to be pissed at? Cody's a perfect gentleman when he stays at our place. Moving on. Damn, I can't make any Bushwick Bill references either. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's deceased, too. I, I know. I know. Uh, Bushwick would like the show, too. I bet he would. He likes Dogies. Yeah, he'd make fun of us a little bit, as he should, but he'd like it. Well, I'd let him get away with it for a little bit. Uh, don't. don't. Quick. If it don't, don't make dollars, it don't make sense. <laughs> it don't make dollars, it don't make sense. Very right. Oh, wait. If it don't make dollars, it don't make sense. That was Bushwick's bill motto. If I'm going to go by that, that mantra, good night, everybody. We're done. Bring another round. This is the last Tuesday Night Cigar Club podcast ever. Thanks, Bushwick Bill. Bring another round. <laughs> Was nothing if not an eminent philosopher. Why'd you guys quit, Bushwick Bill? You know what? I'm not going to ask anything else. That makes sense. Um, same thing on the cigar. But I got to admit, this uh, full contact... From a is it Elysian or Elysian? Elysian. Elysian. Um, is that like a stupid Matt Damon looking movie where he had like that robot suit on? No, it's actually the Roman version of Heaven. I know what that means. Oh. I was making a joke about there was a sci-fi movie where Matt Damon looked oh, like an idiot. Yeah, and it's, yeah. it was Elysian. Actually, I like the Elysian. I like the the Matt Damon movie. That was fun. Okay, that was good sci-fi. You know what? That's actually twice in two days that I've made fun of that director's movies. He also directed that movie District. What was it, Doctor? District Nine. And I was like, another, yeah, that's another stupid. good movie. And I was like, that stupid movie. And the doctor was like, I actually enjoyed that movie. That's twice I've been called out on making fun of that dude. <laughs> I'm that asshole because I never saw any of them. I just didn't like the poster or something. Maybe you stuff. should watch it instead of making fun of it. 
when am I going to be able to watch that uh, when I have so many movies to watch for the Tuesday Night Cigar Club podcast? Maybe we could do it on the Tuesday Night Cigar Club podcast. If I was watching District 19. I wouldn't get to watch Senior Week. Where would we be then? You know what? Instead of watching District Thighs, you should watch Dis- District 9. Cade watched District 69. <laughs> <laughs> that was my next podcast, man. Todd, I don't go down to where you work and slap the dicks out of your mouth. Ouch. What was that? Oh. What was that movie from? <laughs> Ouch. Rude jokes. <laughs> Man. Sorry, sorry. You are Everett. We're learning some things here tonight, boys. I knew this would be a cathartic episode. <laughs> the next morning, as they sleep away their hangovers, even though we didn't see them drink anything, on the floor of their totally trashed motel room, because they're jerks, they've completely ripped everything off the walls and all the mattresses off the, the frame. And if you're doing that sober, then you're just sitting... assholes. Yeah, exactly. If you're not drunk, you're just a giant dick. Look, I could accept anything and everything as at least the one of them was sleeping on a giant pile of beer cans. Yeah. But nothing. Doctor, how many nights did we, uh, how many mornings did we wake up at the Hampton Inn in Temple, Texas, and Yak Boy woke up on a can of, a, a pile of steel reserve cans? Dude, we had wrecked the place, but there were just cans everywhere. And I know I wasn't there for this episode. I don't want to get into Cade's Dean Cameron hatred, but at least, I know you didn't like ski school, but at least the Section 8 skiers, when they woke up every morning, they were on a floor with like an alligator floaty and in a sea of beer, at least they had a sea of beer sure. cans. That's true. This movie actually made me appreciate the Section 8 guys a lot more because while I found them lack of charisma... They partied. They partied. They partied hard. And I... Yeah, fuck yeah, I respect that. Um, Everett has another dream now. This time he's at the Miss Florida competition where he is the only judge, of course. After he's introduced by the sleazy host to three rather interesting topless contestants... These chicks had Florida written all over them, man. Uh, the CD pageant host introduces the final contestant, Miss Bagley. The crazy teacher starts screaming at Everett up on stage, asking him if he's working hard on his term paper over and over again. Yikes. Actually, Bag Lady didn't look that bad up there compared to those three topless Florida skanks. Hang on, that. hang on. And the short haired girl, I thought she was I thought she was pretty decent. Man, these chicks had seen some things. <laughs> that is and remember, all from the center stage. And remember Jody the nerd? We haven't seen him in a while. Well, the prisoner has passed out at his word processor from exhaustion, and he's too having a dream. His dream involves him having a grand old time studying at Princeton while two much better looking women, real wasps, uh, than those three truck stop lot lizards in Everett's dream. They remove their sweaters and start running their fingers through Jody's hair. Way to go, Jody. His life sucks right now, but his dream's pretty damn good. Yeah, too bad it's in the middle of 15 minutes of dream sequences. <laughs> yeah, poor guy. Kevin, the, the fat guy, who's spooning the giant stuffed animal in bed. God only knows what he did with that thing after they left the dance club. He was practically fucking it on the dance floor. Who knows what he did back at the motel? Meet me halfway <laughs> across the... Oh, sorry. See, if they did a love scene with him, 
humping that giant tortoise or That'd whatever. Be fun. Like. That would actually that be would, fun. That While would, Kenny Loggins song was playing. Yes, that would be something. Now they couldn't, they couldn't afford Loggins, but they could have got Messina. <laughs> I would have loved to have seen that. I would have loved to have seen some sort of imagination in this film. Yeah. Well, Kevin's dreaming about being a Roman emperor type figure who has chicks feeding him grapes. Again, topless chicks surrounding him. Kevin's dream's nice. And they hand him... I think we just got the Tuesday Night Cigar Club quote. You know, Kevin, we always said we wanted to see a quote on on a movie box or poster attributed to the TNCC. It just came from Tut. I would have loved to have seen some imagination in this film. The Tuesday Night Cigar Club. (laughs) You said it. Ron Tuttle, Tuesday Night Cigar Club. (laughs) Oh, and the chicks also hand uh, Kevin an enormous cage-sized goblet of wine. Uh, dude, that was a, I'd drink out of that any day of the week. Across town at Debbie Sue's house, creepy Florida dad Ernest is asking Tracy and Stacy if they want a cup of coffee. You know, there's nothing like a good cup of coffee. You want a cup of coffee? Nothing like a good cup of coffee. And, and because he delivers it with a little smirk that I appreciate. He does. But, dude, because they're completely ungrateful for his hospitality, he's letting them stay there for free. The girls just ignore the man among boys standing there in his worn-out blue bathrobe. He's got his dick hanging out. Dude, he's just... I didn't see that part, but... I'm assuming. We only saw him from the waist up. But I'm just saying, he's letting them stay there. He's making them coffee, and they don't even answer him. They're like... Even the chicks aren't likable in this Well, that's what teenagers do, man. That's what teenagers do. That might be a good point, Doug. That might be a good point. You know, at this point, I'm disliking these guys so much, and now I'm disliking the girls of the way they treated Florida Dad Ernest. Uh, and I'm comparing it ag- against how I thought I was in high school. I thought I was was a party animal, and I, I certainly had my faults. I'm not, I'm not going to lie about that. I always thought that, you know, in my core, I was a pretty decent dude. But interesting enough, a few years ago, I ran into a, a classmate. Uh, again, I'm going to protect the innocent, not name names, but uh, and and she actually just felt free to tell me that I, I was a, a, just a total jerk in high school and just a royal asshole. And I was I, I was like, what the fuck? Like, what me? Like, no way. Actually, I am. That's weird that you say that because I'm totally prepared to have that conversation. I'll be like, but yeah, you, I, I could see being that. Whoa, I, whoa. I, I, I honestly didn't oh. think I, I honestly didn't think I was that. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong, but whoa. I, I'd, I'd have problems with somebody at this point. As far removed as we are from high school now, and there's oh no, no it, was, it was completely inappropriate coming from this chick, but that's what she does. It's that's not a, it's not inappropriate. I would have been like, look, it's cathartic. I understand. I want you to feel good. Uh, I understand. I would. I know how I was like back then. I know. I, what, I know a, what I did. I want to be a part of your healing process. Yeah. No, I I, I I was completely uh, Mea culpa. I Mea fought culpa. it. I, I was like you're fucking crazy like i was a i was a nice guy like as he cracked open another beer to tell her off i shook it up and sprayed it in her face <laughs> i'm, I'm party on sure. Cade. i'm pretty sure i was a nice guy in high school but at this point in life if somebody approached me about it i'd give him the same response i mentioned to you guys earlier <laughs> 
<laughs> Y'all need to grow. Y'all need to grow. The people criticizing me. Matt, Matt, some things you said to me our senior year, they really affected me on a deeper psychological level. It took, it took me years to really get past that, and I just wanted to address that with you. Well, that's interesting. <laughs> I'm just saying, if you haven't gotten over it now, you need more than an apology from me. Hey, no, I'm not saying. I'm just saying that the high school is a very no, traumatic time in our lives, and I'm that not shit, saying that we're baggage not, hangs with you. Come again, Todd? <laughs> I think it's fair to say that we. Nobody's were... denying we're assholes now. <laughs> yes, but even then, let us let us not. There were people, for whatever reason, that our actions had not wholly sober actions. That's yeah. the thing. Is unlike those guys, we were. Tall. You know, I mean, if they were like, "Yo, you were a jerk to me." You know what? Like, I was partying my, my ass first off, question and you been, got caught you? up in the wake. I'm sorry. I'm totally sorry. My first question would have been like, what day was I an asshole to you? Yeah, what oh, time? Friday. Would, yeah, no, I was drunk. I'm sorry. No, I think a more important question in the act way, what time of day was I an asshole to you? <laughs> because if it was between 10 a.m. and 1 p.m., I'm going to challenge that. No, actually that, uh, actually, that makes sense. At 11.30. Yeah, if you, you know, from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m., I'm going to say that, yeah, that window is pretty good. Anything but once I got that- drunk, I was a happy drunk, and then sure. you should have been, like, all aboard the party train. My point is if someone brought that up to you five years after high school, it's legitimate. If someone brought it up to you recently, then your only response is, <laughs> nah, I disagree, I disagree. That's baggage. That's, that's baggage. Hey, today. you know what? She had to get it off her chest. Um. That's cool. It, it 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 didn't affect me at all. I well, yeah. You're I got bringing that. it up now, so you're still thinking about it. So it well, because I really, I was really confident in who I was in high school, and, and that was the first time I ever heard that somebody thought I was something other than what I thought I was. Oh, I'm very confident in what I was in high school. That's why I have a secret again, list. Tut, if I, they walk up here, I'm gonna be like, all right, cross you off. Again, Tut, I can. No offense, you, you're a changed man. Uh, I attribute a lot of that to your amazing wife. But I could totally see you being a giant prick in high school. Girl, Cora! I, I, th- there's a lot of interesting things coming up here now. Uh, number one, what a backhanded compliment. Tut, you've really grown a lot. I owe all, you all that to your wife. That's uh, true. But first of all, I hung, out good with wife. Kate. Kate, I hung out with you every day in high school. Yeah. And... We were the cool, charming party animals. At least, maybe, maybe memory has clouded it so much that we're both wrong. I don't remember you being an asshole. Maybe I've got, maybe, maybe I'm like Homer at that thing the next morning after when she's all, he's all strike three, Marge. I remember last night very well. And he's sitting there with the trim waist and the huge biceps. There's an alligator next to him. <laughs> yeah. I remember last night perfectly, Marge. I'm just, I'm just picturing Tim Mathis. She walked up. There was trouble in her eye. You treated me wrong back then. Oh, dude, we called ourselves the Beer Trio. I thought you, me, and Yaks were the we were the McGraw. We were the fun-loving party animal dudes. I don't remember we anyone. Were. They, we weren't the Jocks. We weren't the Stoners. We were just the guys who always had beer and would wait, show up. Wait, wait, wait! Everybody would leave us alone because we were just the party guys. 
is it because we didn't invite this person out with us to drink and party? I think she got a few invites. <laughs> a few of those 2 a.m. invites? The beeper goes off? <laughs> no, no, no. I didn't invite her. Uh, maybe that's it. You know what? She was just jealous. So, Tut, you actually think... God, so many interesting things. You actually think that if someone is still... Let's just say... We'll just pick a nice round number here. 20 years or more after they've graduated from high school that if they still have, if they still, I mean, can you even, I've got, I've I've got somebody at that point. I've got a few people that if they were to come up to me and they're like, Tut, man, you made me feel like shit back then. I would totally understand it. And I'd be like, you know what? I I did. And I'm sorry. Okay. Here's one thing. Here's a beer. Here's one thing that everybody here. No, 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 let's 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 have a toast. Here, here's one thing that everybody here has in common with everybody else our age and and everyone else that went to high school. When you get further removed from it, so like Cade said, you did a great job of not naming names. We're not going to name any names, but just think of people that you knew then. People that had some sort of legendary status for behaving one way or another, or whether it was well earned or whether it was just a reputation that wasn't fair. You know what's one thing we all had in common back then? We're fucking kids who didn't know anything, didn't know any better. So you take, I don't care if you're talking about the dudes that were the party animals that were made fun of for being drunk and stoned all the time or seen that way. I don't care if you're making fun of a, a girl that had a, a a reputation, whether it was fair or not, uh, for being we'll just use the word fast, whether that was whether that was fair or not. Or loose. Whatever. The whole thing is at that point, you're talking about kids. Yes. When you get when you get further removed from it, you realize it's like I've said before, at some point, if you didn't hurt anybody physically at some point, you got to forgive yourself for anything you did back then. And at some point, unless somebody else hurt you, I don't you forgive for myself for nothing, Doc. But I mean, unless unless you actually were beating the shit out of people, like you dragged them out of school and beat the crap out of them, sure. Unless you did something like that. Yeah, but some mental scars are even, in my opinion, more traumatic. But we're talking about kids. Yeah, no, I know, I know. But we're talking about kids. What? So that's one of those things that you look back and and you just you can say like you know. Uh, man, that dude, he plowed every chick in high school. Well, he was just a stupid, horny teenage boy. He didn't do anything anybody wouldn't have done if we'd had the opportunity. Yeah, but you know what, Doc? That's a really good point. And honestly, I wouldn't be shocked if somebody I was close to in high school, like a, a dude, came to me down the road and was like, dude, you really busted my balls too hard. Or you, you where I thought it was joking because we're kids and we're busting each other's balls. If maybe because as a kid, you're fragile and maybe you take some things to heart and maybe some teasing, even when it's from your buddies, uh, weighs on you and it's too much. I'd be the first one to apologize for that. I'd be like, you know what? I was a stupid kid, but I, but I, I didn't sense that it was weighing that much on you. And I'm sorry. But for some rando chick to be like, you were a dick. All right. Oh, you know what? Let me put that in the old computer. 
Still Nick. Fuck you. Piss off. Uh, I, I, I just, I, I could much more apologize to people I actually had relationships with and that if I said something that, because dude, that shit does stay with you if somebody that you consider a friend hurts you. And I get that. People are complicated. I and this, and high school stuff, while it shouldn't on paper, does last with you. And I get that. It's, and that's kind of what's who we are. It does. And, and that's kind of why one of the reasons, real quick, Doctor, I chose this movie. It's not a perfect movie and it's a flawed movie, but it was just like, you know what? Everyone's getting out of school. And I thought there might be some meat and potatoes here that we could kind of get into because there's a lot of stuff. And some of it. This movie sucks. I'm saying I'm using this movie, Tud, as a catalyst. As a springboard, yes. A springboard to maybe talk about some other things, which we are, and I think that's cool. No, you're right. I just, again, and everybody's going to have a different opinion on it. Mm-hmm. Um, you're right. It, it does. There's it, it, it. A lot of those experiences end up sticking with you mentally, whether oh. it's subconscious oh. or not, for the rest of your days. But really, at some point, what a person has to do is – and there's some people that I think they move on very, very quickly. Yeah. I've, I've moved on pretty quickly well, from it. Well, to be fair, bud, I think that I have a hard time seeing you as a dick to someone unless you're pushed. Now, me, I, I, I sought that opportunity out. But see, uh, <laughs> we're, we're, what's he admitted it. What, okay, but what's interesting about this is I think Cade <laughs> is sincerely saying that you know, man, I would not have thought that about myself. And never in a million years. And obviously, I'm speaking from a position of bias because Kate and I have been friends since we were 10 years old. So we saw each other every day in high school and hung out on the weekends. So I'm speaking from a position of bias. I would never have said, Cade, Cade was a dick or mean to anybody. Now, people would say yeah, to me, oh, yeah, I can, you I can get that. that. You're his best friend, so that's why you're just defending him. And I would sincerely say, I, I don't know if bias is weighing on my mind. I would sincerely say, I didn't see that, but memory can cloud some things. Yeah. If you're saying, Tut, that you, yeah, okay, hey, I was an asshole. What I'm saying is, you still were nothing but a boy. You were a teenage boy, and unless you literally went around physically hurting people, beating them up, at some point people as adults really just have to go, yeah, it stays with you, but you've just got to go, I'm beyond that. I don't know. I have a feeling I left a lot of psychologist bills in my wake. Well, that's fine. That's why why therapists get paid. Leave it alone. (laughs) I was just like, hey, man, I'm at Tut's wedding. I'm partying. Leave me alone. Tell you what I'm going to do as a grown adult who's moved on. I'm going to go get another can of my therapy. Party on. I love can therapy and bottled therapy. And what about Tracy's uh, high school sweetheart, Jamie? Well, he's passed out in the motel dreaming about her surprising him. Only in the dream, he's wearing a leather vest and a pair of jam shorts, and he's down on his knees. Tracy is wearing fishnet stockings and a low-cut black top. She yes, she is. Phenomenal here. Yes, she does. Yeah, she's cracking a bullwhip. She's cracking a bullwhip all around him as she holds his leash. That makes sense. He sees him tied to her for the rest of their lives. Their high school sweethearts. 
Metaphor. A topless, <laughs> but get this, a topless bikini babe enters the dream, curling a pair of shiny dumbbells for some unknown reason. Hey, it's a dream. Uh, and, and our as, boy likes to work out. Come on. And as Jamie starts to pant like a dog at this new chick, a highly agitated dominatrix Tracy just cracks her whip even more. When Jamie breaks free of his collar and carries the bikini babe away, Tracy falls to her knees screaming at the sky. <sighs> I'm just saying I'd, I'd hang with Tracy. I'm sorry. That was by far the oddest dream. And I think perhaps French composer Philippe Leroux. Stop, stop, no. He might have enjoyed this particular dream sequence. It's very Lynchian. Her and the dominatrix stuff. There was like a tree and a park bench. They actually had some scenery in this thing. Hey, all right, forget that. Say what you want about this movie. I know we've been slamming on it, but it's serving a purpose. There's no shortage of topless chicks in this movie. It does give you plenty of that. Just these... Three or four dream sequences had more topless chicks than most movies we do. I mean, that was there. You go. Well, you know, I'm beginning to think that maybe they spent all of their budget on topless chicks as opposed to empty beer can props. You could have had both yaks. You, you could have, have dude. Y'all worked on set. You can have those beer cans in an instant. At the risk of saying something very unpopular. Boobies alone do not a movie make. That is true. I will give you That's that. Uh, real quick, boys, before we uh, oh, reluctantly, but I'll give it to you. Get right at ride this movie uh, through its finale. The uh, La Gloria Cubana, Spirit of the Lady. I, I think we all agree. A very unique, very consistently potent retro hail. Uh, well, the draw, boy, none of us really mentioned anything than just that, that earthy profile. Yeah. This cigar lives through the nose. Uh, construction wise, flaky ash, and it just needed constant relighting. Even, we talk a lot, but most cigars, we talk a lot and we don't have to relight this much. Right. Um, so, uh, that was kind of disappointing from a construction standpoint. But I will, I do want to interject one thing. If you're going to smoke this, uh, this cigar. As I said that, it just went out on me. If you're going to smoke this cigar, get you a nice sugary beer. Uh, this uh, milk stout paired absolutely perfect with it because the sugar from the beer uh, lifted the body of the draw on that thing, so therefore you got nice contrast. You got the nice sweetness of the beer mixing with the the dullness of that palate draw, but then you got that incredible spice and jalapeno and the retro hell busting over the top of that. So yeah, I mean, if you're gonna mix it, and that's what we say that we are, we're we're mixing people. Then you know that's the way you need to treat this cigar. I'll say that too, Ted. Uh, my second beer, the uh... The full contact, uh, Imperial Hazy, that tangerine, that honeydew, that vanilla soda, whatever the hell they, they made this thing from, that sweetness added a really nice pairing element to the, yeah. to the cigar because it was so sweet on the cold draw. Then Yak Boy and I got none of that sweetness. And the minute I cracked this beer open, uh, it really complimented it well. So yeah. I, I'm not ready to, to totally shit on this cigar because you know what? That retro hail was, 
just yeah amazing. i don't i don't think you yeah. can with that retro hell i mean you can be critical of that of the body but you can't you can't slouch that retro hell because that was that was balls out uh, well, I, I just think that's just a weird thing that just a normal, you know, you, you smoke it, but you're not really getting this anything sort of powerhouse. But, you know, that retro hell, it just it literally is on fire. I mean, you are like every time I did that, get do a retro hell, I'm just like, my God, it just. <laughs> yeah. Full-bodied and full-strength, all because of uh, of the retro, which is – I don't think we've ever had one like that on the show. I can remember, but, again, I, I drank a lot. Um, who knows? We might have featured this cigar on the show before. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Uh, boys, uh, price point. Man, I don't – Limited I'm... edition. It was a very small batch, limited edition, to celebrate uh, the El Credito Cigar Factory in Santiago, Dominican Republic. Toro – Hey, I know we've been smoking a long time, but granted, we've had to relight it a, a bunch of times. Uh, price point, Tuttle. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna hate this. I'm gonna go ten twenty five. Ten twenty five, yeah, boy. I'm gonna go lucky thirteen. Thirteen. I'm gonna go twelve ninety nine. Yaks, you were just one cent over. Uh, I'm sorry, you lose. I win. Uh, yeah, twelve nine nine. Man, that's tough. Sounds like from what you guys have said that that probably was not worth it. I for, think... a, for a strictly spice bomb through the nose, yeah, that's that's. I, I, I would mean, like. I would have liked to see this more down in the nine ten dollar range. <laughs> yeah, I, I it, it didn't so. really transition. In terms of just normal profile, I mean, there was there was no, there really yeah. wasn't a lot going no, on. There was no complexity or transitions whatsoever. It was strong ass jalapeno spice through the nose the entire time. A kind of generic earthiness of thing with some construction issues. Well, Man. it's just really weird because I'm I'm having to pay too much attention to the actual light and the maintenance of the cigar, and. I mean, it's it's really kind of weird. Like I felt I was go, I I knew it was gonna be, I knew it was gonna be higher, but I felt like I was going in the high range at ten twenty five because of the limited edition. But the the constant maintenance of the thing, I thought, you know, yeah. And I felt bad because the cigar was made as a tribute to the factory workers and their high quality of rolling cigars, oh. and. We we shit a lot on the the maintenance aspect oh, of it. Shit. Hey, we're. I always feel bad when I do that. I'm sure they're fun. I'm sure they're fun people. Um, but I but will yeah. say it's one of the most notable retro hells that we've had. Uh, so there is that going for it. But I just didn't feel like that made up for you know. If, if you need if you need a beverage to give your cigar body, I, I just. It, this wasn't like a, a beer introducing a new flavor in a nice flavored cigar. This was I needed a beer to bring out the potential of this cigar, and I yeah. I, I don't I, I, yeah, I have you, a problem you, with that. You're relying way too much on the beer in this pairing. Uh, agreed. Um, 
And on that on that note, I I, I would have preferred the one night I don't come in here with a fucking imperial double IPA with 110 IBUs because that hot bite would have been really interesting to battle with that. Yeah, that tang. Yeah, the tang of that with the tang of the uh, jalapeno. Oh, that would have been that would have been a battle royale. That would have been Rocky and fucking Drago. Uh, but I picked a 4.4 percent sour grapefruit IPA. Um, well, you'll you, learn a lesson and not do that again. You live, you learn, dude. Live. I kind of want to see. I, I kind of want to see a balls out cigar with this beer now. Uh, you like the a, beer? You like the beer, dude? Yeah, yeah. I love, I love the beer actually. Uh, but get a get a potent. What was that? Uh, the ball house that we just recently figured. Yeah, uh, the recently did, the throw that on there. Maybe the fly, uh, maybe the uh, flying feral pig. Throw it off on there. I think that would be a really really cool. Well, the ball house was great because it had the retro like this, where the spice spiked and then went down, spiked and went down, but it also had those classic Liga flavors. Yeah. Under you weren't searching for the beer to help you with the flavors. You just wanted some dancing partners. Throw that. Uh, maybe the uh, the. The Neanderthal LH, the the powerhouse there, maybe the SMG. It, it has to be a power like I want. I want to taste a powerful cigar with this beer and see how that does. Um, well, you know what? I think the cigar had a lot of power. It was just a little too one dimensional. Um, so okay, we'll get this. Miss Bagley is scouring the beach looking for Everett when she asks the lifeguard about the three boys from up north. And he immediately knows a beach full of thousands of kids, exactly who she's talking about. Well, he's been there for 20 years. And he tells her he'll keep his eye out for him. He also tells her, this lifeguard who we saw earlier covered in young chicks, that he thinks she's pretty cute and he'd like to take Miss Bagley out on a date later. That was weird. Hey, different strokes for different folks. Hey, you do you. I guess. You do you. He'll do him. I did laugh at that quick scene on the boardwalk, though, as she's walking around when two 10-year-old kids threw their soda cans in their trash at Miss Bagley for absolutely no reason. She's just walking around, and they're like, look at that old chick with the neck brace, and they just start throwing their trash at her. That might have been the funniest scene in the movie. Now i got, I now I got so, more things to apologize for to some person who comes up to me. But, that was, that was, I never did that, at least. I don't think. <laughs> Uh, there was one time at Polar Bear Ashburns where you and me threw our ice cream cones at a homeless guy. I, it's troubled me ever since. <laughs> See, I knew it was troubling you. That's why I let it go. <laughs> we don't need to both be burdened by this. Uh, and it really didn't trouble me all that much. I was more pissed off that you beat my score in Super Mario Brothers that day. Uh, well, the boys have to eat something. So despite having no money left to their names, they stroll into a sandwich shop. They drive the poor, poor lady working the counter nuts. I like this lady, actually. I know, she, you can tell she actually worked there. She wasn't an actress. She actually worked at this fucking Oh, really? Because I thought she was like one of the better actresses of the film. I agree, and I think she actually was the counter lady at this fucking sandwich shop. <laughs> They drive her nuts by ordering the most ridiculous hoagie in the history of hoagies. Brace yourselves. Kevin orders a, fat guy Kevin, orders a pizza hoagie with extra cheese, hot peppers, kielbasa sausage, gherkins, sauerkraut, and sardines. Then, as she's yelling the order back to the cook, 
Everett starts changing the order, telling her to remove the hot peppers, add extra oil. Then Kevin requests they swap out the mozzarella for provolone. Then Everett tells her, you know what? Leave out the kielbasa and add pepperonis instead. Then Kevin says, you know what? 86 the extra oil. But Everett instructs her, no, no, no. Don't listen to him. Leave it. Yak boy, as a pub owner, as a restaurant owner, I finally understand your no substitutions policy. <laughs> this scene made me respect your no substitutions policy. <sighs> if this movie, if this episode does nothing else, I get it now. I'm still going to ask for him. And I'm going to kill you. I mean, and I think after 30 some odd years of friendship, I deserve them. But I understand your hatred of substitution. Do y'all have, do y'all have uh, the most ridiculous thing you've heard someone order? No. I, I mean, I, I can't think of any one instance. I, I do. I had a, a, it was a little small town uh, burger thing in, uh, I think it's Granger, uh, just a little hole in the wall burger place. This chick, obviously from Austin, comes in, and she was like, yeah, I'd like a burger. Can you cut that in thirds? I've never heard that. I'm, that was just me. Maybe that's me. I was just like, you pretentious. Anyway. You might have to apologize to her now. Coy didn't make her feel like shit for cutting it in thirds. Well, listen. Hey, the whole scene was stupid. There's one funny part, though, when they first come in, Everett says, what kind do they have? And you hear the guy from the back go, tell him to read the fucking sign. Yeah, there's a sign. <laughs> but this is kind of their fault. They have 66 different hoagie ingredients up on the sign. Well, anyway, a huge line is forming behind these two assholes. And when the exasperated counterwoman asks them, will there be anything else after this whole experience? Kevin asks, do you believe in life after death? Oh, God, I swear. Well, finally, the cook comes out with this, their disgusting monstrosity of a hoagie. And, of course, because they're them, they grab it from them and run out of the restaurant without paying. They don't have any money. But not before Everett grabs a ketchup bottle and squirts ketchup. Yeah, I love these guys. I want to root for these guys. This All over the face of the old cook as he yells out that he has a serious heart condition. I can't take this. I have a serious heart condition. Oh, yeah? <laughs> squirts ketchup all over the guy's face. So in addition to academic fraud, kidnapping, Cere- property damage. Doctor, serial liar, a kidnapper, a skee-ball cheat, and now he's a thief. And now I really want a hoagie. Thanks, assholes. Yeah, yeah but a good sardines. Speaking yeah, of no the hoagie, sardines, man. No sardines. as Everett watches Kevin eat his half of the sandwich in disgust on the, on the boardwalk, he sees the gorgeous model from the travel magazine that inspired him to drag everyone down here in the first place. She's walking across the beach in slow motion. Oh, man, she's hot. And Everett jumps to his feet, calling out to her, Hey, baby! Do you want a bite of my hoagie? How about my salami? Buy you a beer later? And she wisely just keeps on walking. But she is wearing the single most epic attire to come out of the 80s, the fringe 
bikini. The only thing more epic than this bikini is the thong version that we get to see in Cocktail. But this bikini was spot on. Oh, Brian, Bra- Brian Brown's wife in Cocktail? She yes. looked over at Everett thought this is the kind of guy I've attracted and then just slowly did the suicide walk into the ocean and the movie ends there. If it ended with the final scene of me seeing this fringe bikini, I would be okay with that. She just was slowly that, walks into the ocean and we uh, then crest. Was that was that Laura Dern in cocktail in that fringe bikini? No. That was uh the girl from uh Roadhouse. Yeah, Kelly Lynch. Kelly Lynch. Kelly Lynch. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, that was a good bikini. Uh, well, this chick from the magazine ad is my favorite character in the movie after a creepy Florida dad named Ernest. It literally made the entire movie worth it. She looked incredibly hot. Her name, by the way, is Jane Potet, and her only other credit is from 1996's The Fern. Total body complete aerobic weight training video in which she was the lead instructor. I thought you were about to say the firm Tom Cruise movie. (laughs) No. She played district attorney. Give me a break. No, the firm aerobics movie. Uh, But get this I cannot stress enough how everyone listening needs to go watch the trailer for that video on IMDb right now. That. Two-minute trailer for the firm Total Body Complete Aerobic Weight Training is so superior to anything we've watched tonight. It's glorious. If you've listened to us this far into the show, thank you. But here's your payoff. Go watch that trailer. You're welcome. It is the best trailer I've ever seen in my life. I'm actually writing that down. The firm Total Body Workout. Don't hesitate. Back at the motel, Tracy and Stacy have finally tracked Meathead Jamie down. He's hanging off the side of the roof doing pull-ups when Tracy comes charging at him mouth first. He's got a big one. But he just blames everything on Everett. Everett brought us down here. Everett's controlling everything. And suddenly his little pookie has calmed down, despite him lying, despite seeing him dance with one of the strip poker chicks that night before, and Tracy is all of a sudden ready to take him back. Oh, come on, Pookie. You know you miss me. As I said earlier, that scene took me back. I, I, I blamed Yakboy for so many stuff, and you saved my ass. Uh, well, Tracy was gonna take Jamie back until Strip Club Poker Girl suddenly pops up in her leotard to see if Jamie's ready for their morning job. Tracy flips out. She tells her boyfriend she hates him. I never want to see you again, and that's that. As she and Stacy walk endlessly along the beach afterwards, Tracy laments that, you know what? I haven't even graduated high school yet. I'm already I already feel ancient from dealing with these issues with Jamie. I thought that was a surprisingly kind of introspective telling comment in a movie full of mindless titties and sloppy hoagies. Move on. It deserved to be in a better movie, that little scene with Tracy and Stacy. Speaking of both titties and hoagies... Actually, I can agree with that. They were trying. 
They tried. Well, I, I think it was like the one nugget in a crap fest. But. To, to work a little character stuff in there. But I, but I was like, you know what? I was like, she's probably been with him all four years of high school. And now he's out here doing I, his thing. I, I didn't mean to bring this kind of depth into the conversation. I don't know. I thought it, I thought it was a rare moment of honest uh, character. And I thought it was like the Cowboys drafting Dak Prescott. Total fucking accident. It was. It, it had no business in this movie. Where was I? Oh, speaking of titties and hoagies. I concur, Doctor. Speaking Mighty of fine strategy. Titties, speaking of titties and hoagies. Okay. I like them, both of them things. Miss Bagley walks into the hoagie shop as she continues her relentless pursuit of ever. What? I'm assuming she had some titties under those millions of layers of sweaters she's wearing. Okay. Sure, sure. Absolutely. Oh, and speaking of which, she orders something cold to drink. She's boiling in all these clothes she's wearing. And she straight up chugs down an ice cold can of tab soda. You see that? Hey. Sweet, sweet tab soda. As a guy who makes his living chugging shit, I respected that chug. Uh, I was impressed. She starts asking the woman behind the counter and the cook if they've seen Everett, you know, the boy from up north. And all of a sudden, the cook with the heart condition gets all worked up again. Are you related to him? Do you want to know what he did to me? Come here and I'll show you. And he grabs a bottle of yellow mustard and squirts it all over Miss Bagley's face, sitting there running and screaming at the restaurant. I love they had that little uh, mouse maze to get to the front counter. And nobody's there, but she still goes through the little maze to get out of there with the mustard all over her face. Doctor, I remember one night during our senior year when you took a giant blast of Arby's sauce right to the face. Have you ever forgiven the axe for that? I don't recall that incident. Oh, I do. Maybe it was horsey sauce. I don't. It, it, was, it was late. It was late at night. Sounds like horsey sauce might have been involved. I, I don't recall that incident. Okay. Well, speaking of getting blasted in the face, do you boys know what I love getting my face blasted with? Horsey sauce? Yeah. That's right, Yax. The intoxicating and super sexy smoke pouring from the Drew Estate cigar. And one of their tastiest offerings is the Herrera Esteli Miami, graded a 90 by the Tuesday Night Cigar Club, crafted by level 9 Cuban rollers at the famed El Titan de Bronze, on Cali Ocho, the Herrera Steli Miami line is expertly rolled with a lavish. Did I say it right? Lavish? No. God damn it. It's like 50 episodes in a row I've said it wrong. Lavish. Ecuadorian Habano Oscuro wrapper over a rich Ecuadorian Sumatra binder with select fillers from the Dominican Republic and Nicaragua. The new look of Herrera Steli Miami features rich black and gold packaging and it's available in five sizes. I've smoked the cigar many times. We smoked on the last episode. And it's truly one of Willie Herrera's masterpieces. So jump in your car or jump online right now and get your hands on some. What are you waiting for? Do it now. And while you're doing that, I'm going to tell you about some other cool shit blasting us right in the face. I'd like to take a hot minute to once again let you all know about something very cool called Cigar World. Cigar, cigar World. Is cigar World is an online site for cigar smokers. There you can get cigar news, reviews, and a whole lot more. Also on the site is a cigar research panel called the Testing Lab, 
That sounds very sciencey right up the doctor's alley. Uh, you can sign up to give your input on new cigars by taking surveys and testing cigars. Check it out at cigarworld.com forward slash testing lab. Go there. It's fun. Well, back at the motel, Jody is flipping out. Everett promised him a, remember the nerd Jody? We don't see him very often. I just want to remind you, he's the, their imprisoned nerd. Everett promised, promised him a girl from the moment they arrived in Florida. And while the other dudes have been partying nonstop, Jody has been typing away at his word processor and has yet to see any babes. Team Jody. Everett says, whoa now, take it easy, Joey. And that's the final straw for the nerd. My name is Jody, not Joey, which I, as your narrator, personally found hilarious because up until that point, all my notes, I I had typed up Joey. I thought his, even I got his name wrong. You're fucking Everett, man. I'm telling you, you are Everett. <laughs> even I was calling him Joey. Uh, I had to go back that little uh, search words and replace. I had to replace Joey with Jody. Um, Tut, maybe I'm no better than ever. Uh, yeah, I mean, come on. Maybe yeah, I, maybe I, I loathe him. Maybe I loathe ever because I see something of me in him. No, no, you don't. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, yeah, you do. And that means that I hate myself, uh, which which that tracks. We're getting to the bottom of a lot of things here, boys. Well, the bookworm storms out of the room. And heads for the grocery store to find some health food. They've just been feeding him French fries for days. Well, he's not there for 10 seconds before cousin Debbie Sue crashes her shopping cart into his and starts flirting with him. Hey, lover, come here often. <laughs> All right, look, I feel like I should, but I'm not going to apologize for it. I really dig this actress playing Debbie Sue. You said that uh, Joey or Jody was the best actor in this thing, somebody... I think Debbie Sue's the best actor in this thing. She's, she has really good natural comedic timing. She's good. I liked her. Thank you, Doctor. But Doctor, can you really call her? I said she was a really talented actress. Can you really call her a talented actress if this is the only thing she's ever acted, acted in? In this film compared to the others? Yes. Yeah. I'm just yeah. saying, I went fishing once as a kid. I don't call myself a fisherman. It's kind of like uh, you go to a restaurant and six plates have shit on it, and then one of them has a something decent to eat. It was uh, kind of I enjoyed her. She was good. She was kind of cute too for the geeky. Yeah, yeah. Dork. She's yeah. like in her fifties now. She listens to the podcast. Hey, those guys said I was the one plate of <laughs> food at the table that wasn't covered in shit. Well, hey, that's, hey. You got off lucky. Great, now I got to apologize to her. I'm not apologizing for shit, Todd. I was like, you know what, chick? You think you got it harsh? Go back and listen to what I said about Dean Cameron and ski school. I owe that guy a million apologies. Dean Cameron's still looking for Cade. <laughs> yeah. I told I told you guys before. Every time you hear that golf cart drive uh, drive down the street, man. It's, it's every time, every time I pull out that package from the mailbox with the no return address, if I blow up, boys, it's Dean Cameron. Well, these two dorks hit it off in the grocery store. It's love. 
and mutual allergies at first sight. And when Debbie Sue suggests they, they oh, buy a God, bunch of nerds with their allergies, dude, trope. When she suggests that they buy a bunch of whipped cream because she read that's what David Lee Roth uses to relax the tension in his muscles, it's sex time. Way to go, Joey. Jody. Jody. Ironically, he's the first one to get laid in this movie. The nerd. The prisoner. Gonna have to face it. You're addicted to love. Doctor. Might as well face it. Doctor, I think that might him getting laid first might be what they call poetic justice. And a David Lee Roth reference. Yeah. Just that, like and dude, I didn't I didn't fact check it, but that does seem like wanna go home. Don't wanna go home. I didn't fact check it, but that does seem like something David Lee Roth would say about get some whipped cream in the mother web zip it is it is it does. I kind of want to do the splits right now. I'll do them. On I our don't want to go home. I'll do them on our next page. Um, David. Cream, skibbly doobly doobly dop. That night, the three idiots are cruising along the main drag looking for chicks. When they spot Tracy and douchebag rich boy Lance talking by the side of his white limousine. Jamie wearing a skin tight cheetah print tank top. Jumps out of the convertible and orders Lance to get his hands off his girlfriend. I'm sorry. I said the fringe bikini was the most epic thing to come out of the 80s. (laughs) Right under it is this fucking cheetah tank top. Tut, if I can figure out a way to get one delivered to you, will you wear that to you Weasel Fest? absolutely sure no, I would. No, 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 to Weasel Fest. I absolutely would with my hair and a ponytail, smoking a cigar. Let's go. Kate, Kate Weasel Fest, you and I won't be there for the repercussions. Amazon Prime it to him next week. Okay. He's going to fit in just fine. Dude, Jack's boys is there. I got no worries. He's been working out it's good wait but what will all the chicks there think oh wait there's not going to be any chicks at weasel <laughs> Fest. <laughs> if you've got that and some pink spandex you're you're roth man you're going in there full roth <laughs> full roth <laughs> 50 year old roth too the grapes of roth grapes <laughs> of roth Tracy begs Jamie not to take that shirt off but to just leave them alone but he's not feeling it Jamie then tells Lance to take his hands off his girlfriend right now or else I'm going to rip off your head and shit down your neck Doctor have you ever seen a body in the morgue that died from that particular sequence of events you ever seen a guy die from his head getting ripped off and somebody shitting down his neck? I have not seen that, but I did perform a lot of research on the expression didn't know whether to shit or go blind. And I'm thinking if you shit down someone's neck, they wouldn't know whether to shit or go blind. I think if you rip off somebody's head, 
they're already dead. You can't what's shoot the, down. What's, what's the, shitting down their neck is just kind of a insult to injury. I mean, that's the way yeah. to do it, man. Unless you like held up his head and was like, "Look at it." And while you're looking at this, look what I'm doing down here, and you're shitting down his neck. Like it's like a it's a mission statement. Like was that a gunnery sergeant Hartman line? From yes, Full it Metal? was. You say he was gonna rip off the head and shit down rip the neck. Rip down your head and shit down your neck. Wait a minute, what year did that come out? Eighty-seven. Do you think Stanley Kubrick stole that from Senior Week? I don't think so. Ed, he totally did. I think maybe the the flip of that happened. I'm, but no, I'm no, uh, didn't uh, Home Dude from uh, didn't Chet say something like that? From Weird like the line has been said multiple yeah. times. Uh, that was a staple of the eighties. Yeah, I think I think maybe Chet did say that in Weird Science. But get this, I'm still, I'm still hung up on the idea of, of getting Tut the leopard tank top. Yeah, now you work on that, Doctor. You and me both, Doc. Crazy from the heat. One of Rich Boy Lance's buddies walks over and tries to intervene in the confrontation. He's got a yellow sweater tied around his neck, so what the fuck's he gonna do? But Jamie blows him off too. Stay out of this ass face. I'm just saying that if, if you see a dude, Classic. if you Classic, see a dude right? in this shirt, you're not gonna That's mess with him. I'm just saying, some dude in a cheetah print muscle shirt points his finger in my face and says, stay out of this ass face. Guess what? I'm staying out of it. <laughs> yeah, you are. I don't care how invested I am in these people. I'm out. I'm out. You got it. That's a bad thing to call somebody. An ass face? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's worse than butthead. It's worse than butt face. We got into figure a guy in a cheetah print tank top, skin tight, is probably fairly dangerous. Because otherwise, why would he wear that? Exactly. That's why nobody's gonna mess with me and Yaks at Weasel Fest. Dude, you're gonna go up for a third drink, even though you've used your first two drink tickets. And they're gonna be like, "Sir, we need another drink ticket." Like, back off, ass face. VIP immunity, ass face. And then Scarface just punches him in the nose and just flattens it like a pancake. Hey, Scarface, how about I tear up your head and shit down your neck? He's like, oh, yeah? (laughs) And Tut's dead. Remember me as a drain on society. (laughs) Well, a typical high school non-fight breaks out. There's about five seconds of dudes shoving each other around until Tracy stands in the middle of it all. We saw this a million times in high school. Fight over a girl and she gets in the middle, running her mouth. She tells Jamie, you blew it. You need to go back to your little robo-sized queen. It seems apparent to me at this point, boys, that Jamie is the true ass face. Am I right? He is He's one of several. True. Yeah, they're all ass faces. Uh, Rich boy Lance and his buddy then take Tracy and Stacy to his parents' beachfront mansion. He tells Tracy that prior to moving here, they lived in Malibu, right next door to Linda Ronstadt. She's impressed, and I was too. Linda Ronstadt. Hey, she was country before country deal. was cool. I hope they settle in on the poolside cat. <laughs> it might be a barber man. I don't think I even know. Song. I don't know. <laughs> I don't. Uh... I always thought they were the same person. No, they're different. Oh. I learned something tonight. 
they settle in on the poolside. You're the only one. <laughs> and Lance tells her that she's really nice. Country wasn't cool pool. as Barbara Mandrell. Sorry for interrupting that. You know what? Linda Ronstadt was better than Barbara Mandrell. How do you like that? Disagree. It's just late in the night and I'm being cantankerous. I don't know any of their songs. <laughs> All right, continue I did, forward. I, I just know from a, a really great interview with Jim Carrey that Linda Ronstadt stumbled into a comedy club one night, saw Jim Carrey performing stand-up, and invited her to open up on her tour she had coming up when he was an unknown comic. And they dated for years. She let Jim lived with, uh, they, they had a very close relationship for years, and she she nurtured uh, Jim Carrey when he was kind of a broke comedian. Jim Carrey sponged off her? No, it was a very loving relationship, and they left it very loving, yeah. Guess who didn't offer Jim Carrey a place in her bed? Barbara Mandrell. They settle in on the poolside couch, and Lance tells her that she's nice, and she's one of the prettiest girls that he's ever met. Tracy smiles. She hasn't told the, been told these things by meathead Jamie in a very long time. He's used to just going to the Manny's house of ribs and then getting some action. And he never has to sweet talk her. But then Lance grabs her boob and says, I want to make it with you, baby. And the good times come to a crashing halt. Did you see that frenzied look in his eye? He's My an asshole. God. This guy was a perv. Uh... Well, when Tracy resists, he eventually calms down and apologizes profusely. I'm, I, I don't know what came over me. I'm so sorry. He offers to take Stacy and Tracy out on his yacht in the morning to make it up, make up for it, and she agrees. Jamie might have that primo cheetah print muscle shirt, but he does not have a yacht. Am I right? It's hard to compete with. Hey, that's my favorite David Lee Roth quote. Money can't buy you happiness, but it can buy you a big-ass yacht to help you sail through the sadness. <laughs> Wisdom? He's a wise guy. Uh, I mean that in a positive context. Only the next morning, Tracy and Stacy wait and wait and wait, but Lance never shows up. Debbie Sue isn't at the house with them, by the way. She's gotten all sexied up in some fishnet stockings. And she's headed back over to the disgusting motel to bang Jody some more. Jody Good on you. Going. Good on you, Jody. So the girls head down to the beach, and that's when they run into Jamie, Everett, and Kevin, who are on their way back to the hoagie shop. What the what? Did you hear that? You guys want to go back to the hoagie shop and rob them again? I don't care at this point. They got away with it once. They're getting selfish. The girls and the boys suddenly hear a woman's screams coming from a nearby beach house, and they all race up the stairs to investigate. It turns out Lance was putting the exact same moves on a poor maid, telling her how pretty she is and that she moves something inside of them, yada, yada, yada. And now he's chasing her around the pool, barking at her like a dog. I hate this guy. I hate Lance. Lance sucks. What are you going to do about it, maggot? Lance says to Everett. Everett tells Lance, you apologize to the maid before I rip your lips off, and then you come apologize to me for calling me a maggot. 
But Lance isn't in the mood for apologizing. Preppy rich kids rarely are. So Everett just tosses them in the pool. Drown, dipshit. Kevin and Jamie start woohooing and giving their bro high fives. But I was just thinking, how do you go from that transition? If you don't apologize, I'm going to rip off your lips. Okay, you didn't apologize. I'm going to shove you in the pool. You can't say that dirty, hairy level shit. I'm going to rip off your lips and shit all over your face. Okay, you didn't do that. I'm just going to push you in the pool. It tracks with the rest of this movie. Uh, it's weak uh. sauce. It's weak sauce, Ted. It's weak sauce. But the celebration is cut short when suddenly Miss Bagley is standing there at Lance's house. I guess Daytona Beach is like a mile long or less. They, they all find each other very easily. Um, she's demanding Everett's term paper. The lying, kidnapping, cheating, thieving jackass asks how his English teacher knew that he was in Florida, and she gleefully explains that she called his mother and she knows that his mom is alive. She's alive? Mom's alive? Oh, my God, my mom's alive! Everett screams as he runs away with his dumpy teacher in hot pursuit. Jamie asks Tracy if she missed him, and she says, of course she did, and they start making out. These two living brain donors deserve each other. They can live the rest of their lives at Manny's Rib House on Saturday night. Be happy. We don't give a shit. Everett is ducking around the boardwalk, hiding from both Miss Bagley and Lance, who's called in more V-neck sweater-wearing mustache goons to help him take down the son of a bitch who tossed him in his pool. While he's hiding out, waiting for Jody to meet him in the arcade with his term paper, Everett runs into an ice cream shop to steal an ice cream cone, and he finds the girl from the magazine ad eating a sundae all by herself. He sits down across from her. You don't know me, but I'm madly in love with you. Come with me. I know how to make you happy. So many have tried, she responds, but so few have been successful. Well, could I at least have a shot, he says. Many have yearned for me, she purrs, but they weren't man enough to endure my unbridled lust, my untamed passion. Really? The goober says. He can't afford a fucking hoagie, and he thinks he's going to sweep this hot-ass chick off her feet? All the other men had to beg for mercy, beg to be released from the unquenchable fire that rages in my loins. A very interesting side note, this conversation between Everett and the girl from the magazine ad, it was almost word for word the same conversation I had when I first met Tuck. I remember hmm. telling you that so Tracks. few, so many have tried, so few have been successful. Huh. Everett thinks he's up to the challenge. Not me, honey. I can take it. I can get you references and everything. So they agree to meet at Pinrod's Arcade later that night so we can find out just how hot her loins are. Doctor, can loins ever be so hot that they could potentially cause a medical emergency? Do you think that's why she was eating the ice cream to proactively cool down her loins? At this point, in my viewing of the movie, I just wanted it to be over, so I really wasn't giving it any much thought anymore. 
But, uh, I mean, I suppose it'd be possible. I mean, my God, you'd have to have some hot loins. That's that's what I was looking for, Doc. Just, my God, those loins. Yeah, I mean. She did. She's a good looking woman. Maybe if we hadn't gone through this movie line by line. (laughs) Well, in the Just Doc podcast, you can do things your way. I don't have one of those. You knew that. I did. Everett bumps into Jody, and he's finally handed off the 46-page term paper. He went six six pages over. Good nerd does. Everything's going to be all right. He should have called the cops. Everything's going to be all right, (laughs) right, Everything's going to be just fine. No, you're wrong. No. Because just then, he bumps into the clenched fist of one of Lance's goons, and the preppy assholes steal the term paper. They punch him out and steal the paper. And get this, Jody explains when uh, Everett wakes up that he accidentally deleted the file from his word processor, so there's no way to print out another copy. I did like the shirt that the the guy that actually punches Everett, that dude had like, he, he had like a yellow polo shirt, but he had taken like a blue windbreaker and rolled the sleeves all the way up to make it like a short sleeve shirt and then turn he had like the collar turned up like this yeah. but it was like an actual windbreaker but he'd rolled it all the way up to the sleeves everyone in this movie loved layers 87 was full of layers i also yeah. I, I didn't mention earlier i like kevin's uh the fat guy's t-shirt party naked uh, <laughs> i was kind of hoping yakboy would show up in that tonight but I decided to represent, and you're giving me shit. No, the doctor was. If uh, I send you a party naked shirt, will you wear that while Tut wears his leopard? Will you guys go in tandem with the leopard tank top and the party naked to weasel that? Yes, 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 totally. I got to get on this. This is not a question. Everett and Jody meet back up with the rest of the gang, and they begin chasing Lance's white limousine on foot. Through the streets, they're chasing Lance's white limousine on foot. Let's get that turd, Kevin screams. Doesn't get good gas mileage. The limo starts, we got to do something, starts cruising down the sandy beach to get away from them. Remember, they're being chased on foot. I think if they just exited on the highway, that might have been a smarter move. But Hey, I'm not going to Princeton in the fall, so what do I know? Uh, so the gang steals a bunch of dune buggies and the real chase is on. Oh, and Miss Bag, Miss Bag placed dune buggies with the keys in the ignition. Of course. Get this ready one. to go. Miss Bagley is now chasing the dune buggies on foot, and the cops are in hot pursuit behind all of them. It's literally three different levels of hot pursuit which I don't think we've ever featured here on the show before. We had a lot of hot pursuits. This is three levels of hot pursuits. Doctor, I know you appreciate... uh, I had to think watching this. You had to appreciate that doctor in the glasses and lab coat being interviewed on the beach about how vehicles driving in the sand adds to the harmful erosion of the beaches. Uh, That was... Was It was a very stoic doctor on the beach... Doing a, a news interview about beach erosion, I, I thought you'd 
You had a lab coat and your glasses on? You know, I mean, he seemed kind of like maybe a quack to me. Like, I don't really know that he was really believable as far as the science. I couldn't help but notice he wore a fancy bow tie. But uh, oh, I can wear a fancy bow tie. Make you happy. I mean, I just, I mean, the levels of hot pursuit might have interested me more. You're probably swept up, swept up in those. Uh, well, the cha- well, the Channel Seven TV reporters who were interviewing that doctor see a much more interesting subject than they're talking to. So they jump in their news van and join in the hot pursuit. Now we have four different levels of hot pursuit. Hot damn. It's a lot of pursuit. It's a lot of pursuit. Well, it all comes to a crashing halt Well, when Debbie Sue drives her convertible 50s car in front of the army of dune buggies and Lance's white limousine gets away. But as a police officer who looks a lot like Yak Boy's big brother in his college years. That dude, that dude looked just like Ryan. He did. As he tries to arrest Everett and make sense of all this, Jody sees the limousine pull over and toss the term paper into a dumpster. Jody heroically dies in the dumpster just as it's about to be picked up and dumped into a garbage truck, and he saves the day. He saves the term paper. As Everett is being interviewed by the news team, Miss Bagley shows up and demands the term paper. Why is Everett being interviewed by the news team? They were there, and they were more interesting than that doctor in the black rim glasses. Imagine that. Makes no sense. Makes no sense. <laughs> For some unknown reason, the reporter, as you said, doctor, finds this all highly fascinating. An eager young student determined to finish his final assignment retrieves it from the garbage dumpster, and here stands his teacher at the culmination of his valiant struggle. That's fake news. Fake news. That's huge fake news. Uh, I get maybe it's just a slow news day. Uh, this sandwich shop owner should have come out and killed everybody and ended <laughs> the movie. But naturally, as the news is praising all this stuff on Everett, Miss Bagley is fuming about this whole spectacle bullshit. That night, as the gang watches themselves on the nightly news at at Penrod's bar, it's the top story. In Daytona Beach. Not only is the top story, they play it like three times. This this great story. That's Florida. And as they're watching it, the girl from the magazine ad shows up and whispers into Everett's ear, many have yearned for me. Well, hot dog, baby, he says as he gets her a drink. They beg to be released from the unquenchable fire. I can take it. I I can take it. At first I thought he was like, I get it. All right. Your your loins are on fire. I Get already. I'm starting to think her loins might have something going on down there that might need like penicillin. Medical help. Stronger. This chick is obsessed with her fiery loins. Many have tried. I mean, maybe that means like <laughs> all gotten sick. They're dead. This is this is an AIDS days. Maybe they just she has AIDS. Man, that town really needed the Miami Heat to come in two years later. <laughs> Uh, and this celebratory bar scene is probably where senior week both the gang's adventure and the movie should have ended I think this is where the movie should have ended 
I thought it should have ended a longer time ago. Can we, end it, right, can we end it right here? But it doesn't. Oh. Instead, Miss Bagley shows up, and as she unplugs the bar's TV set, she informs Everett that there's no way he wrote that paper. It has words in it that he's never even heard of, and while he may have gotten an A-plus on the television, she's giving him an F-minus in real life. He ain't graduating, period. And everyone in the bar starts laughing at him. I like that. Everyone in the bar starts laughing at this dude. Good, he deserves that. I should also <laughs> like the fact that nobody in the bar actually knows who he is. <laughs> Look at this loser. Yeah, if we were in the bar, we'd be laughing. know who he is. Fucking laugh at him. You totally laugh at him. We then cut to the high school back in New Jersey where a court hearing is set to take place to determine if Everett wrote the term paper or not. Jody is acting as Everett's legal counsel. So that's fucking right. At this point, I just shook my head. We never got to see the girl from the magazine ads inflame loins or any other part of her smoking body. What a jib. She's the hottest chick in the movie. It's the movie's a jib. It's a piece of shit. This all she talks, sucks. All she talks about is how her coochie's on fire, and we never see any of it. Well, then we might have to go get the therapy. I was satisfied with the with the fringe bikini, to be honest. I was smoking get this. a cigarette, just completely but get satisfied. This. Miss Bagley through a straw. Get this. Miss Bagley never shows up for the trial. She's their key witness. Because that weirdo lifeguard who thought she was hot for some reason drives all the way to New Jersey from Florida to profess his love to her. She's in her office chain smoking cigarettes and chugging wine and talking to her dead pigeon, totally celebrating her victory way too early when the lifeguard shows up with some flowers. And it, she's so overwhelmed, it causes her to pass out on the floor. What did he see in her? Don't know. I'll never know. So while Bag Lady's unconscious body is being fondled, he lifts her up and puts her on the desk and starts kissing on her. I'll admit, when he took off that giant foam neck brace, she kind of looked a little bit better, right? Lewis Rumpy. I don't care at this point. All of oh, Jesus, you guys are insufferable. All of Everett's friends are taking the stand and lying their collective asses off about how hard he worked on his term paper the entire they were the entire time they were in Florida. Everybody, Tracy, Stacy, Jamie, they all get up in there and lie their asses off the whole time we're in Florida. He just typing away on that term paper. Jody ends things with this uh, gem. Everett McDill might not be an honor student, but he fulfilled his academic responsibilities to this institution in honor. And I move to have this case dismissed. Everyone, including the teachers making up the jury, all stand up and applaud. Man, they've really taught the one redeemable character in this movie, Jody, how to be a slimy weasel just like them in only a few days. He's ready for Princeton. We got laid. Having, He's ready to go to college. Having said that, I, I'd hire him as my lawyer in a heartbeat. Miss Bagley finally rushes in and bursts in the principal's office to plead her case. But, dude, her blouse is all done from that lifeguard molesting her. Dude, she's just a mess. And he 
pounds his gavel. Case done. Everett's in the clear. Everett is found innocent of the charges, and they all go outside where his smiling Elvis face gets a graduation cap put on top of it. He's learned absolutely nothing. Oh, and the lifeguard then picks up Miss Bagley's limp body off the ground. Again, she passed out from yet another crushing disappointment in her life, throws it into his Jeep, her lifeless body, and takes her back to Florida with him. That's our end. The end. The movie's over. Thank God. Nothing redeemable about this movie. Everybody sucked. The character sucks. The only thing redeemable, there was two things redeemable about this movie. One was the fringe bikini of awesomeness, and two, the cheetah tank top of awesomeness. The rest of this movie blows. It's a waste of time other than those two things. Amen. All right. Well, that's where you and the, the doctor stand, Tut. Uh, Yak Boy, once I accepted these characters for who they were, I just I just kind of partied along with them. Are you with me? It's not a bad movie. They weren't partying. At all. That Everything else aside, that's my one complaint. I liked their spirit, but once again, a total lack of empty, crushed beer cans. If they had that, I have no problems with this movie. Titties? Check. Big time. Insano plot? Check. Copious amounts of alcohol. Oh. Not a party movie. You remember at the end of Billy Madison when they're in the quiz bowl and Billy Madison gives his answer about the puppy who lost his way and that one guy from Saturday Night Live, he finally he goes, Mr. (laughs) Madison, at no point during your rambling, incoherent response did you offer anything that could be considered an answer. I award you no points. We're all dumber for having heard what you said, and may God have mercy on your soul. That's kind of what I think for all of us to having watched this movie. Well, I'm sorry you guys could just uh, take it a little bit easy on this flick and just kind of roll with it. No. Um, 80, 80-something minutes full of titties and, and, and beach. Uh, I, I don't understand your hostility towards it. Uh, I do agree. You could, could drink some more beers, but we got a lot of titties. We got uh, some, some some fun stuff. I will say this: go to pornohub.com and see plenty of titties in about ten or fifteen minutes. Before we leave, uh, you could and you will. And the same uh, level of acting. I'm gonna try to get you out of here as quick as I can, Doctor. Better sure. acting, cut. Uh, I will say this though: uh, the transfer here on Senior Week. Whether rented on Amazon Prime or streamed free on you on Tubi, it's the same. It was not great. It's not good. But I, for one, like the retro look of the movie. It played exactly like a VHS tape where the tracking was just a little bit off. And it, as I watched it, it threw me back to all these movies that I watched on VHS where it, it had that kind of VHS tracking yeah. on the edges. And it, it made me feel like I, dude, I spent so many fucking years. I think that's in. actually how they transfer. I, I would almost bet that's how they transferred. I spent such a big chunk of my life watching this type of movie on VHS to where actually when I was watching it on a glorious HD TV rented, 
the fact that it kind of looked like I was watching a VHS tape actually worked for me in this instance. I didn't mind that transfer because it was like, you know what, that's kind of how this thing needs to be. Yeah. I'm not missing anything cinematography-wise. No, not uh, with this movie. No. I wouldn't have minded that if it had been a better film. It's a shit yeah. movie. It's like I said, titties alone do not make a movie. The the actors had no charm. They there's no there's nothing heroic about them. You don't there's nothing to root for with Everett. He's the main guy. We're supposed to like if his buddies are just throwaway ciphers. That's fine as yeah. long as he's somebody that you can. There was nothing for. fun about this. There was no no yeah. lovable loser aspect or person to root for. I just yeah. Okay. Well, um, that that's why you guys have an opinion. So uh, the movie, four thumbs up. <laughs> you do you, as long as you agree with me. No, yeah, Yaks and I are giving it four thumbs up. No. Uh, uh, between, between 1980 and 1989, TNA, regardless of subject, regardless of story, will always get my two thumbs up. Yeah, but Yaks, there's... Hundreds of better. So much better than this. All right, send send me the links. No, no, I never said. Send me the links to these movies that were were not. South Beach Academy was better than this. That stupid Lucky Charm movie was better than this. Up the Creek's better than this. Ski School's better than this. Hot Dogs better than this. You're talking about movies we've already done. Send me the links to these magical movies that we haven't done that you're talking about. There's got to be something out there in the pantheon of movies, regardless of whether it's TNA, sci-fi, horror, or whatever. There has to be something out there that's better than I enjoy these movies for what they are. A glorious window. You've misunderstood me. I, I wasn't suggesting that there was some other movie that could have been done in this place. I'm just saying this movie was shit. There's yes, we've done a lot of them already, and there's ones that we're not gonna do because they're just like you've pointed out before. There's no point in doing a podcast about a movie if everybody's already talked about it. I wasn't suggesting that you had another titty '80s movie that you could have chosen at this point. I'm just saying that to Yax's point. No one celebrates the 80s and its excesses and its silliness more than me. I'm just saying that this this is just a poor example. Maybe, maybe we, we've already used them all up or they can't be used at this point. I wasn't saying you should have you, you could have found something else. I'm just saying this one was just a very, very poor example of it. Well, to all you seniors going into senior week in your high schools across the nation, take advantage. And don't listen to us old fuckers. Live. Live, damn it. Seize every moment. Seize every opportunity. Party your asses off. Learn from the mistakes of Everett, Kevin, Jody, and whatever that other idiot's name was. Learn. Learn from their mistakes. Take this as a teaching podcast to teach you the things not to do as opposed to things to do. And for God's sake, don't do what we did. And you'll have a great senior week if that is a thing, which we're kind of determined it's not. <laughs> God bless you, the youth of America. You're our future. 
Stupid kids. All right. Uh, so the, yeah, Scar had a great retro hail. Not much else going on. We had a bunch of crazy beers. I, you know what? You can listen to the show and you'll get the gist of all that. Um, I do not regret choosing this movie tonight. I think, uh, anytime we get to dissect something from especially the eighties or the early nineties that talks about teenagers in uh, a way that we haven't seen before, whether it's good or bad or whatever. I'll dive in. What the fuck? That's what we do. We talk about movies. So uh, I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Whether you agreed, disagreed, had fun, laughed, whatever, uh, thanks for sticking around and enjoying the ride. Tut, it doesn't matter if you like this movie. It doesn't matter if you partied in the 80s. All that matters is you listen to these links. I might regret watching this movie, but I don't regret sitting down to this podcast. And here's something that you won't regret. You won't regret going to Twitter and joining at TNCCCast. You won't regret going to Instagram, joining TNCC underscore podcast. You won't regret joining us on Facebook, Tuesday Night Cigar Club. And you definitely won't regret subscribing to YouTube, TuesdayNightCigarClub.com. Guess what? You got Mother's Day coming up. You won't regret going to Tuesday oh, Night no, Cigar Club. No, no, Mother, Mother's Day was... Weeks ago. Okay, one second. Let me back up. <laughs> you won't regret with Father's Day coming up. You won't regret going to TuesdayNightCigarClub.com, hitting the Amazon banner and doing your shopping from there. Get your dad a little something. And guess what? If your dad's a cigar smoker, and he should be, go to TuesdayNightCigarClub.com, hit the uh, Famous Smoke Shop banner out there. You can buy all of our glorious cigars on there. And just by clicking on the banner, you'll get the TNCC20 promo code, which gives you 20% off of any cigar purchase that you buy that's over 100 bucks. That's like 20% off. Go for it. And if your dad doesn't smoke cigars, perhaps you should have wished him a happy Mother's Day. There you go, Arnold. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Uh, I hope you had a, a fun uh, time travel back to your high school years tonight. I, I know I certainly am questioning a lot of things. <laughs> um, and that's okay. It's all right. Uh, we'll come back. God, I have a phenomenal show lined up for us uh, next time around. So it's going to be something we've never done before and something really fucking nuts. And I'm really pumped about it. So be sure and subscribe on iTunes uh, or Podbean or Podface or Hitface or whatever the fuck you find us on. Podface, I think, is is where most people find us on. Uh, so be sure and, uh, uh, keep up with us. I hope you're enjoying what we're doing. We certainly appreciate you. And in the meantime, uh, there's a lot of crazy shit going on in the world, but all we can cling to is one thing. May the wings of liberty never lose a feather. That's a pretty solid statement to just kind of cling to and rock in your everyday life. So is this one. Whenever somebody's giving you shit and you just want to get the fuck out of there, just say this. Sign our motherfuckers. Piss off. See you next time. To learn more about the time I spent my senior week at Myrtle Beach, 
surrounded by a bodacious bounty of boobtastic babes, were genuinely impressed by my leopard print banana hammock. Or at least I thought they were, until I realized that my banana was hammockless due to either an aggressive sea turtle or a drunk chick named Sheila from Stephen F. Austin State University that wouldn't take no for an answer. Or possibly a drunk sea turtle that I named Sheila. I gotta admit folks, I was about 10 banana daiquiris in at that point and it wasn't even noon yet. Ah, summer nights. Or summer mornings, I suppose, in this case. I wonder if the admissions department at Stephen F. Austin could help me track down that party-hardy sea turtle named Sheila. Summer mornings indeed. In the meantime, you can learn more about the cigars enjoyed on tonight's episode by visiting LaGloriaCubana.com. Or for some more uh, unusual information, you might want to check out Sheila the Sea Turtle from Stephen F. Austin.org. Or maybe it's not edu. Eh, whatever. Good luck finding that one anyhow. I think it's on the dark web. For more on O'Brien's Irish Pub, the live music leader in Central Texas, please visit O'BrienSimple.com and download their free smartphone app where you'll find full beer listings including over 40 on tap, menu information, and a calendar of upcoming live events. To listen and purchase music heard on tonight's program, check out www.fritzbeermusic.com. Thank you for listening to the Tuesday Night Cigar Club Podcast. This is Keith A. Howell saying until next time, friends, unless we see you sooner at the pub. So keep it smoky, and for God's sake, keep it ballsy as well. Get drunk.